Welcome to the Mostly Pirate at Night. Mostly, I am Salem, joined by my co-host, Graveyard. Hello. This is episode 33 of our weekly All Things Horror podcast. You scream, I scream, we all scream for more scream. Join us as we dive into part one of the Scream franchise in preparation of the release of Scream 6 on March 10th, right? Yes. March 10th? Yep. How meta can we get? Yes, the, these movies get more and more meta as they go. That is that is a fact. Uh, so yeah, this week we're doing the first three, Scream 1, Scream 2, Scream 3, which are kind of their own self-contained trilogy. I haven't seen any of the newer ones. I'm assuming that they take place later on on their own their their own trilogy. Kind of. We're calling it, I'm gonna call it a pseudo trilogy because it was eleven years between Scream Three and Scream Four, eleven years between four and five, and one year between five and six. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited. Yes. Yeah, uh, I, I thought I had seen all three of these movies before, but as I watched Scream 3, I realized I had never seen it before. So uh, I had, I did watch Scream 1 and Scream 2 multiple times, uh, but apparently I've never seen Scream 3, even though I thought I did. Hmm. Um, so anyway, we will start with uh, the first Scream that came out in 1996, Yes, right? Yeah. Yep. And it shows. <laughs> <laughs> it really really uh, does <laughs> very much so yes uh but i'll, I'll right. let you do the recap for that one buddy that's all you yep yep so i mean i think we all know the premise of scream at this point in time you know we're we're 27 28 years since it came out and as, as salem pointed out it is very 90s it 100 90s you know um so we start off with uh Drew Barrymore and you know we the the movie posters kind of lie to you in the way right it's just a good episode idea of movie posters that lie box art that lies is she's on the cover of the poster well, I mean she's um, technically in the movie <laughs> at, yes. least, at least there's that I mean there are you know movie posters <laughs> that deliberately show things that do not happen like Mark Hamill in the Guyver costume yes well yeah <laughs> Um, chopping mall with robot hand with five fingers holding a bag of body parts with none of those things even exist in the films yes um so anyway uh you know we we meet drew barrymore um she is kind of preparing to make popcorn which is like i'd say the jiffy pop on the stove which i've never personally done I don't. Uh, I haven't either. You know what? And I was watching it. I was like, you know what? I really want to try that now. I want to, I want to see what it's like to cook it on the stove. I feel like only it ever seems cooked odd. It. I've only ever cooked it in the microwave or with like uh, with like one of those air poppers. I've never done like the the little stove pan Jiffy Pop with the tin foil just top. To just use just to use a pot and put the popcorn kernels into that in the stove top, but never the Jiffy Pop. That must have been a a rich person thing in the nineties. Because yeah. I didn't do it, you didn't do it. No, I didn't do it. Yeah, I, I had a friend of mine that was just like, well, just put some oil in a frying pan. Just put the... the, uh, yep. the I'm like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Yep. It's going to pop everywhere. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't understand I mean, works, that process. Like... Yeah, I didn't... I didn't you know, again, <laughs> air popper thing, I get that whole thing. It's like its purpose. But yeah, I don't know about right. the whole throw it in a pan thing. Yes. Um. So anyway, you know, here we're here's how old this movie is. She gets a phone call on her landline 
Well, okay. I was going to, I was bringing this up. I made a note of it. Like, uh, they, uh, they, it's like a strange thing for anyone to have a cell phone at this point in time. Like just yes. because one of the characters has a cell phone, they are immediately suspicious because they have one. It's well, like that's how out of place you, you, they are at the time. You can't call cell phone cellular telephone. As oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, right. yeah, they don't say cell phone because it it wasn't old enough to have a <laughs> a, a shortened name yet. So yes, still the, the full full name. <laughs> like wow, that really ages the movie. Um. So anyway, she she gets a phone call, um, and you know who am I speaking to? And we get the iconic. We call him. Or he's known as the voice, right? In the entire franchise. It's the same guy doing the voice, um, despite it being different people throughout the movies. Um, so anyway, you just kind of get to know her, saying, you know, what are you doing? What's that noise? I'm um, watching, make popcorn and watch a movie. Oh, what kind of movie? A scary movie. Um, oh, crap. What did she say it was? Do you remember what she said it was? She didn't say it, what it was oh, at she all. said it. Okay. No, she didn't say so, it. She didn't, like they, she, I don't think he asked what kind. He asked what your favorite is. Yeah, but he he didn't ask what this one they're watching is, and she didn't say either. Right. Um. So they just kind of kind of do a little cat mouse. First, it's playful, and innocent. Then you know, you know, if you don't answer these questions, you're gonna die. Um. And uh, was it crap? Was her name? It wasn't CC. It no, was CC's in the second one. Yeah, but that was her pseudo name, Casey. Casey, yes. Her name is Casey, and her boyfriend's name was Steve. Steve. Yeah. Steven. Yeah, Steve. Uh, you know, she says she has a boyfriend, then she's like, oh, look outside, and then Steve is tied up in the back, and, you know, answer, and, you know, tr- since she likes hor- scary movies, you know, do you, do you like scary movies? Or what's your favorite scary movie? You know, that's the tagline from this that's everywhere. And, you know, she, so pop quiz, you know, she's locking on the doors, alarm set, blah, blah, blah. You know, the, the this is the typical opening kill scene where the opening person's dumb and has like a billion doors in their house and never has anything locked. Well, yeah, <laughs> these houses always freak me out because they are like, you know, they're like they're kind of rich people houses, right? Yeah. Wealthy people houses. And they have too many windows, man. There's always too many and, windows in rich people houses. I don't understand it. And like eight <laughs> doors. So many windows. Yeah. <laughs> so many windows. Like if anybody wanted to get in your house, they could just, you know kick a window open and, and they're in your house like you have yes i don't know i don't get it <laughs> but i mean yeah don't set the alarm um so i i will you know starts asking questions you know who was the who was the killer in nightmare on elm street which great reference to west craven to himself and Freddy krueger well was the, the they were the they original? were ta- they were talking about those but the question that he asked was not about that it wasn't him no, the oh, war no, the warm up the warm up question was who was the killer's name in Halloween? Halloween. So she ah. said that was her favorite movie. Yes, Michael Myers. And, and then the he asked second him, one is who is the killer in Friday the Thirteenth? The, 13th, the original, she, the Friday Thirteenth. Well, here's the thing: he didn't actually finish the sentence. She she started screaming the answer before he completed the whole thing. So because she did that, he could either you know trick her either way. Yes, the correct answer should have uh, been which one. <laughs> Correct, uh, <laughs> but I will I will say this movie probably made people realize that it wasn't Jason Voorhees in the first Friday the Thirteenth. Most people probably didn't all realize that all the time. It's just kind of synonymous. 
that we forget that it's Pamela Voorhees that is the killer in the original Friday the 13th. Okay, to be fair, anyone that would care about the meta bullshit in the Scream already knew that. Mm-hmm. To be correct, to but be the average fair. moviegoer that doesn't care. <laughs> sure, you know, probably the the fifteen year old. You know, I was twelve, so maybe I might not 12? have known that. Ninety six or twelve? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I might not have known that at that point in time, or realized and recalled all that information. Um. But yeah, so she gets it wrong because she says it's Jason. Jason fucking Voorhees. No, wrong. It's Mrs. Voorhees. Jason comes in the second one. Um, so Steve gets gutted. And... Okay, now that is the fastest gutting I have ever seen. It happens in like less than five seconds, and his entire abdominal cavity has been yes. carved out <laughs> and is and is slopped on the ground next to him. I mean, like that is amazing from, fast. From groin to sternum. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like, and, and just done within five seconds. Like, it was like she hit the light switch on and then she, like, you know, ran around a little bit and then turned it back on again and it was done. Yep. Yes. I'm going to cut you like a fish. Yeah. yeah it's like, okay. Uh, so, yeah, he comes in. She did a little cat and mouse throughout that. She kind of throws stuff at Adam and doesn't do the smart thing. This is where everyone screams, You should be getting out of the house. You're an idiot. Um, and then she does make it out of the house. Then she gets stabbed. And, you know, while uh, I think the parents call. Or she calls the parents. She still has the phone, the portable phone with her, which I don't know how the hell it's working that far away from a house because they address that number two. That- well, I mean, <laughs> it depends. They did say they were in the middle of nowhere. If right. you're in the middle of nowhere and you don't have anything interfering with it and you have like a. Back in those days, you know, like a a, a high long range, whatever, yeah. yeah, whatever they have, it, it's 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 fine. They didn't go that far from the house. She was only like ten feet from the house. Yeah, um, uh, but yeah, but no, anyway, she didn't go. She was trying. To, she was on the phone with them. Um, she tried to call the police, but it failed. But the the line was still open. So when the parents got home and they tried to call the police because they saw the house in disarray, they heard her on the phone because it was on the yeah. the line. You know, same line, which I'm sorry, that's that's how landlines work for all you people that don't understand <laughs> landlines if you have one landline to your house and you have four phones there's only one line so if somebody's talking on a phone and you pick up one of the other phones you will be in that same conversation like a three-way call yeah so essentially the house is catching fire because that jiffy pop you know stay on the stove for too long right um, and it was and just a straight flame yeah <laughs> shooting up Yes. And that was it. But just, uh, yeah, tinfoil just catches on fire. Yep. And the parents essentially, you know, hear her dying and then she gets stabbed in the face and then we get screamed. Yep. Um, and then we cut to Sydney Prescott and uh, she's on her computer because it's the 90s. And her dad comes in saying, hey, I'm going away on a trip. Um, and uh, not that part, sorry. And then there's a knock on the window, and then uh, Billy Loomis, played by Skeet Ulrich, uh-huh. uh comes in, and they're talking about all this stuff that, you know, they may be 17 or 18. They've been dating for, like, a couple of years, and they haven't had sex yet. Um, You know, it's like, I was just watching a movie. made me think of you. You know, it was... What was the movie? Whatever it was. Well, it was... It was... Called- 
yeah, it was a movie he remembered that when they first started dating, their their relationship was more of an R rating, right. hot right. and heavy with a lot of making out. And then lately it's been like our relationship censored for TV. Right. Yep. We just got censored <laughs> for PG-13. And she shows him. Hit t- I'm like, what PG-13 movies have boobs in them? And not, 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 I'm not okay. She's just trying to be playful. Okay. <laughs> so she just being. I know. No, airplane in the 70s PG and head nudity, but yeah, maybe, um, maybe that's what she was going for. Yeah, but she had screamed, and she, well, she had this weird thing where she's able to open up her closet door into her bedroom door and have it not be able to open, which is, seemed like a poor design. In architecture at that point in time. Oh, I mean, to the point. When, yeah, when I was a kid, I didn't have a lock on my door, so I used a two by four. There you go. <laughs> I, had my, I had my dresser, like, you know, right where, you know, because the door would open, and I'd have the dresser, yeah. like, right where the door would, you know, open two. And then yeah. when I'd close my door, and I would put a two by four in between the door and the dresser, so you couldn't open the door. There you go. So, yeah, that's a normal um, thing that high school kids do. Well, in my world, anyway. Yeah, the nineties uh, world yeah. where I came from. <laughs> I was in the nineties world too. You weren't in high school in the nineties, <laughs> correct? Oh, <laughs> um, so uh, her dad tries to open the door. He gets stuck. He's like, "Hey, I'm going to town. You know, I'll be at the Hilton at the airport, right?" Mm-hmm. So she goes, "Okay, I'll be fine." Um, I said, "Then he's, you know." Then that's when he does it, and he leaves. Um, and then we... Is that when the news reports then start? Um, and she turns yeah, on the news well, in the morning. Well, yeah, because yeah, they go to school the next day, and then her buddy Tatum comes up, and she's asking, why there's all these police cars? And Tatum's like, you don't know? Yeah. And then she tells her all Casey about... Casey Becker got killed. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I think they're all... Discussing, you know, it's been uh, essentially a year. A year ago, her mom was murdered, and she accused Cotton Weary of it, played by Liev Schreiber. Liev Schreiber, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, on the almost a year anniversary, you know, the cops are kind of getting involved, saying, hey, it's been almost exactly a year since you know, her mom was killed. You know, maybe this is related, all that jazz. Um, and they're just kind of sitting around eating grapes from a bag <laughs> for lunch. Well, yeah, I mean, that's what kids do, right? I, sure. I mean, they're all sharing that <laughs> bag of grapes. Like, what I are they know. eating? Okay, well, a quick aside here. Um, her friend, Tatum, is Rose McGowan. Yes. With blonde hair, which is, yes. this might be the only movie she has blonde hair in. I don't remember any other movie of her ever having blonde hair. She always had black hair. Yeah. So yeah, she has like blonde hair. Not only is it blonde, but it's like in braids, and she's wearing like you know like a like a half shirt, <laughs> like showing up with like a belly shirt. You know what I mean? Like super nineties yeah. outfit. It's very odd seeing Rose. Oh, I, I, I also want to point out this outfit because I noticed it because she wore it this day, and then it's Kegger. The following night, she wore the same outfit. <laughs> no, she had different bottoms on. She had oh, okay. a skirt on one time, and then she had pants on another time. I was right. looking up. I'm looking up, buddy. <laughs> um, so we are introduced to the you know the main set of cast. We have Gail Weathers played by um Courtney Cox. Courtney Cox. Yeah. yeah. And who 
you know, spread the rumor and theories about Maureen's death. Um, and, you know, tried saying that, you know, Sydney lied, that she was mistaken, that it wasn't his. Well, I, don't, I don't think she so, blamed her. I don't think she said she lied. I think that she just said that she fingered it an innocent man. Um, yeah. Which, yeah, I, if it, eyewitness accounts are notoriously unreliable. Right. So, yeah, they just assume that, you know, it's innocent, but she doesn't want to talk about it. And she kind of just blames the, the, the media parade, the media circus that was around her a year ago. Um, right. So, but yeah, yeah, well, yeah like but said, they're also the rest of the group is, it's Billy Loomis is like her boyfriend and her friend Tatum, who's Rose McGowan. And then Tatum's boyfriend, Matthew Lillard, Matthew Lillard. And, and then, the geek, um, and Jamie. then Jamie Kennedy is Randy, yes. the nerd. I guess, yes. quote unquote, call him. Uh, he's a nerd. They they call him a nerd. Well, they uh, nerd. they call geek. him one. He's geek. not a yeah. real geek. No, uh, he just likes horror movies, which sounds familiar. Um, and uh, Tatum's older brother is Deputy Dewey. Deputy Dewey, David, David Arquette. Yeah. Yep. So pretty diverse like not diverse but like known cast nowadays or even late 90s early 2000s well, don't forget but, henry wrinkler as the principal yes who does have a fonz jacket <laughs> in his in his principal's <laughs> office of course he does um but this was before henry wrinkler really made his comeback so this was like yes. yeah this is this was like an odd cameo for him to have at the time and and west craven played fred the janitor who had the hat and uh Freddy Krueger sweater on. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, so, like I said, they're talking about, they're like, you know, how do you how do you even gut someone? And Billy, or Stu's like, oh, you just go from groin to sternum. And he's like, yo, you're talking about like, oh, you would kill someone. Didn't you used to date her? Didn't you date Casey Becker? Yeah, but I dumped her for you. Or, you know, she dumped him. I thought you dumped me for you, blah, blah, blah. You know, 90s high school bullshit. <laughs> Oh, yeah, 90s high school, people obviously older than high school age. Yes, and <laughs> scary movie trying parodies. Trying to have this. banter that's high school-ish. Yeah, scary movie parodies is this perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> um. So anyway, you know, they're they're concerned that, uh, you know, this is kind of the same thing. And, you know, her dad's out of town and she's like, you know, hey, do you want to stay? Tam's like, why don't you stay at my place, you know, so they get away from the media circus. Um, and she's waiting for, you know, essentially then goes to the night and they're kind of waiting for uh, Tatum to come pick her up. And then she gets a phone call and it's the voice, right? Um, and kind of the same thing starts to happen, except this time he's in the house. She starts throwing stuff at him. He gets out. She calls. She doesn't call the cops. She, she AOL chat rooms them, essentially, or like. No. Okay. Uh, spoiler alert, this is going to be one of the things I complain about. <laughs> she has a deaf person teletype machine set up in her room. Okay. That what that was? That is what that is. And that's what it said. If, if you pause the screen and look at it, it says teletype. You know, please, please type in the number you want to, to call and it'll, the, the, you know, the text will print up on the screen. Okay. Is she deaf? Is no. anyone in her family deaf? If this is 1996. Do you know how much money it would be to have one of those in your house? 
and <laughs> she just has it casually sitting on <laughs> in her room on the same computer that we saw her using a word processor on earlier. Like, yeah, like this is 1996. You can't just switch back and forth like that. This is a no. very, very targeted piece of machinery. Did they exist? Yes, they did. But again, this is something that would only be in a deaf person's house that has to make a call and needs to see the text on the screen because they can't hear it. Obviously, this is a needed thing. They don't need it. Why does she have it? No one ever mentions it again. It's not even a plot point. No. Why did they bother putting it there? It's so stupid. All right. Sorry. Uh, it's all right. Sorry. It's, it, it, it like annoyed. The, it, and I was like, <laughs> why is that there? And I was yeah. waiting for it to pop up again, and it never did. They never explained why it was there. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, she thought, yeah, so she called the, you know, dialed the, type the police, let's go with that. And then yeah, she typed 911. Yes. And the cops start showing up, the ghost face disappears. But as soon as she, you know, he's kind of trying to get into the door, but she has the jammed open. So we had that pop device right there. And then he disappears. And then all of a sudden Billy's at her window again and he drops his cellular telephone. Yeah. And again, he's immediately suspicious because he has a cellular telephone, which I mean, to be fair, this thing is huge. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like a giant thing. And it's not quite like the car phone thing in the close. 80s, but it's, it's a, yeah, it's large. It's damn it's, close. Yeah. So, and she gets suspicious and goes to flee. And then, you know, so also Ghostface face is being held up there. And then deputy doofus, Dewey, Dewey. Um, he's not a there doofus. Screen. They put, they really yuck him up. As oh, well, uh, yeah, of course they do. They even make fun of it in the second one where they call his Barney Fifeness fills up the room. Oozed into the room. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so Billy gets arrested. You know, it's me, Sid. I didn't do it. So she goes to the, the sheriff's department and they start typing report case. And, you know, the lawyers there is like, you know, there's no crime about having a cellular telephone. You're right. We'll have to run the numbers. That could take days. Well, yeah. I mean, how many phone calls were there? So, you know, he's he's over essentially in jail overnight. Um, and you know, Dewey and Tatum get her and take her home. She can go out the back way so she can avoid the media circus. Uh, Kenny, which is Gail's camera guy, and her go there. Is like, is there a back way out of here? Well, of course, there's a back way out of the police station. There's not one entrance. Sorry. Um, go in the alley, uh, you know, and Gail Weathers is kind of saying, you know, do you think you did you think you know finger the wrong guy again, just like this time, and she just put, socks her in the face. Um, and then essentially they go back to the uh, Riley house, which is Tat- Tatum and Dewey's house and you know she gets an ice pack for her hand because she hurt her hand punching the face because hitting people in the face hurts your hands so if at least do it if you do it wrong well i don't think she did it right well i'm yeah i'm just saying she just you know did a cold cock swing around so <laughs> <clears throat> um so yeah so they're there and all of a sudden there's a phone call oh sydney honey it's for you and uh, it's Ghostface, the voice, saying "wrong guy" <laughs> again. Um, you know, and he hangs up. You know, Dewey comes to get the phone. Hello, and the 
kind of just cuts out because there's no answer. Uh, next morning, you know, she thought it was, you know, her dad potentially calling her. Um, the cops can't get a hold of her dad. They're, you know, trying to call the, the Hilton at the airport. He's not there. And then they have the news report of Cotton Weary, um, all that stuff. But they end up going to school. Everyone's kind of looking at her like she's crazy. And, you know, uh, Stu and Taylor were like, you know, you hear Billy's out? How is he? How is he? Not good since he's landed him the what candy man? Or whatever. He just says he's got yeah, he's yeah. fine, but he's got a broken heart. His heart's broken. Yeah. yeah. Um, and she walks and like he immediately runs right into him. And you know, they've got to talk, you know, it's just you don't understand, it's been a year. Uh and then um she kind of you know, there's kids running through the Paul wearing the ghost face mask because they got the costume off of a store shelf. And so there's kid, teenagers being teenagers, being stupid and just running around thinking it's funny. And she runs in the bathroom and she goes into a stall and two girls pop, come out. And they just talk about how she's just faking it. She's probably the one that did this. And, you know, maybe she's just a whore like her mom because her mom was, was having an affair with cotton. And all that stuff, and Which then Sydney was in denial about. <laughs> correct. Yes. Uh so she's in there, and then all of a sudden you see the pair of boots come down, and the the costume go over, and Ghostface happens to be in the exact bathroom that she's in before she got there. Right. Um, chases her out, or attacks her, and she runs out, and then doesn't come out again. And then, you know, then we get the whole, uh, you know, Henry Winkler expelling the students, which I think is the right thing to do. Uh, I mean, if your classmates got killed and you're wearing the costume and trying to scare the person that was just attacked. Yeah, that's not okay. That's not cool. (laughs) Yeah, correct. I mean, yeah, that's 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 the right move. I don't I don't think expulsion is is uh, is an too extreme in this instance no no um so then you know the school is suspended because of the murders and you know also then they have a town curfew because it's a small enough town for all that have a town curfew you know not many cops i'd say what 10 well yeah considering that yeah like the sheriff and dewey are like buddies right (laughs) and dewey's like the rookie so yeah there can't be that many yeah, so um, all gets taken care of. Then Henry Winkler hears noise, and poor Henry Winkler gets stabbed to death. Uh, but no one knows about this yet. Um, so they're going to throw a... All the cool kids and Randy will... <laughs> hey. I, I like Randy a lot. He's us. He really is us. I, I, I like Randy, too. I, well, I, I should yes. specify, I like Randy in this movie. Yeah. Um, because he, you know, there's the the scene between Matthew Lillard and him talking about like scary movies and that like it's a very there's a very simple film where everyone's a suspect <laughs> because he's seen all the horror movies, rightfully so. Um, so they have a kegger at Stu's house. To you know, be fair, there was the, there was no keg. That's true. They had a fridge full of bottles of beer and eggs. Yes. There's because you're always, of open you're always, eggs. Well, you keep your eggs in the garage fridge. Everybody knows that. 
Uh, sure. <laughs> I'm like, this is weird. Yeah, I, I, noticed, I, I noticed that too. I'm like, why are the eggs in the garage? That's not good for the beer. You don't do that. <laughs> right. right. Um, so, yeah, they have a, they have, we'll call it a kegger, but there's no keg. They just got drunk off of like MGD light or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it was. It was in a brown bottle. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Gail goes, hey, we're going to be here. And she expects to kill her truck again, which makes sense. Um, she runs into Dewey. He's kind of just patrolling the area to make sure nothing happens. And, you know, they're talking about, you know, they're going to watch a movie. You know, party kind of dies down a bit. Um, you know, the time do you watch the evil dead or Halloween? They chose well, Halloween. The, yeah, the funny part is, is they said, okay, party's over, everybody go home. And they showed a scene where everybody leaving. And they then in the very next people scene, left. yeah, in the very next scene, they're all still there. And then now yeah. they're just watching a movie. I don't yeah. understand what the point of that scene was. And they picked Halloween, which we hear throughout the rest of the movie. I would have picked Evil Dead. But at least he had good taste. Um, So, you know, Tam's like, hey, I have to get more beers. And she just goes and get like eight beers from there. And she goes there, and Ghostface is there. Uh, she starts throwing bottles at him, you know, hits him a little bit, and then she tries to escape through the cat it's, door. Is a it is a cat door, but it seems it's like not a even a dog door. door. It's a cat door. I mean, it's yeah, it's a kind of sort of big cat door, but they do show a cat going through it. But right. uh, yeah, because yeah, she tries to like open the garage, and then like you know, Ghostface closes it. So, yeah, that's like the only way she can get out is to crawl through this cat door, which I mean, now, if, if she, you watch she got her, her heads and arms and breasts out of that door, the rest right. of her is going to fit through it. Right. I mean, and they show her do that like at least three times. And she like yes. goes all the way through and then backs up and then all the way through and then backs up again. I'm like, who is doing this stunt? Because this is stupid. Right. And and, and the wife even said her breast got out. The rest of her is getting out. Yeah, like I mean, again, if you can get your shoulders through, you can get the rest of your body through. I mean, that's yeah, it's just a fact. Um, but he opens the garage door, and the world's most powerful garage door opener is able to carry the door and her weight to the point where she gets her neck crushed in the garage door as it goes all the way up. And it never comes. And it never comes right. back down. Yeah, it never comes back down. It stays there. Yes. Which again, even in 1996. It would, you know, if it hits something hard, it will stop at the very, yes. at the very least. But the motor is not strong enough to break bones. It's not strong <laughs> enough to like to to crush anything. Even if it did somehow malfunction to where it didn't stop, the motor is not strong enough to hurt you. You might get right. stuck, but it's not going to crush your bones. Correct. So, uh, unless Ghostface somehow rigged up. Uh, a new garage motor, which I doubt because the garage would have opened a hell of a lot faster <laughs> if that was the case without her inside of it. Yes. Yeah. Just- um, yeah. So she's dead. Uh, you know, they're talking about the rules. Like you don't know the rules. And then Randy goes into it, you know, never do drugs. You can never have sex and never say, I'll be right back. And Sue goes, Hey, you want, I'm going to need a beard. You want one? Yeah. Get me one. And he's, I'll be right back. <laughs> he disappears meanwhile sydney's like you know all this stuff that happened you know what let's do it billy <laughs> yeah bizarre yeah on Sydney's parents bed 
Uh, okay, it, I don't. I feel <laughs> uncomfortable with this scene because it's not like a uh, like a romantic scene. Like they're both kind of into it. It really just feels like she wants to apologize to him, and she doesn't know how. So she yes. feels like, well, I know he really wants to have sex with me. I guess I'll just give that to him. Like it yes. really feels like uh, like a coercion like thing. It, it does not feel right. It does not no. like I don't I don't really like that. It's very uncomfortable. And thankfully they don't like show like a real sex scene or anything. But I mean they show it long enough where you're like, "Come on." Yes. Yeah, I, um, felt, I felt very bad for her. Yes. So essentially, you know, they do it and she goes, "Huh. You know, it'd be really funny is if you called me if it's your one phone call." I didn't. Also, he got a southern accent. I didn't kill nobody. I'm like, where did the southern accent come from? I killed nobody. Maybe he was watching like a Henry Lee Lucas documentary or something. I don't know. Like his voice was so different in that delivery of the line. It bothers me to this day. The whole scene bothers me. Yeah, it's like yeah, <laughs> you, you like essentially have sex with them as like you know penance for yeah. for like you know potentially calling him a suspect. Which again. Of course, there's a reason to call him a suspect. Like, you know, once the guy disappeared, like you appeared with the cell phone in your pocket. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's it's odd uh, again. Yes. But I mean, they cleared him and, I, you know, totally understand. Yep. It, I guess. Exonerate him. Yep. Right. But like, you don't think about that until after you're done, like giving him this weird penance sex that you give him. Yeah. I, like you had like all day to think about this. Yeah. Um. You know, so anyway, you know, we have stuff where Dewey and Gale go investigate a, a thing. They kind of almost get run off the road because they get a phone call saying the principal's been found dead hanging from the goalpost on the football field. They're like, yeah, we're all going to leave and go stare at the dead body. So everyone else leaves the party <clears throat> except Brandy, who's now drunk, getting into, you know, the Halloween movie. Um. <clears throat> And then Ghostface appears after they have sex, stabs Billy a few times, and she escapes, kind of goes, you know, out the window and falls onto the boat. And it barely hey, hey, but, damaged yeah. her. Yeah, I'm like, okay, that boat's made of nothing. Because well, there's yeah. a lot of mechanical stuff in the boat. Yeah, right. But, I mean, she landed on, on a boat like that had a cover on it. So, like, you know she yeah. landed on something that would have hurt or broke her bone or something. Oh, yeah. Um, but she looks up, up at the window. He's not there. Um, she kind of goes to Kenny, who they even plant, they planted a video camera, which has a 30-second delay um, <clears throat> on it. So, they're all leave. The kids are all leaving. They almost get run over Gale and Dewey. They find the dad's car there and they have a little, little fun with each other there. And <clears throat> they go back. Uh, so, um, Kenny's watching it. They see everyone leave. They see Ghostface behind Randy before he goes upstairs and stabs Billy. Uh, Sydney goes out there and see that like, Oh, get out of there. Get out of there. And he's like, Oh, it's a 30 second delay. He turns around and gets his, Next slashed open. Poor yep. Kenny, we hardly knew thee. Hmm. Um. So, you know, she's trying to escape. She gets into a car that has lock on it. Then the ghost face has a key, starts opening the door randomly, and tries to get her. She hits him with like a cell phone that's in the car. I don't. A I don't car know. phone, something like that. 
and she goes up and then you know she runs into both randy and Stu. like oh come on come on come on it's not me it's him it's him no it's him they're all pointing fingers and she goes fuck you both and closes the door um and then billy comes down yeah she gets she gets a gun right uh yeah she gets a gun she has a gun not yet uh like what because okay eventually what happens is like oh yeah that's right she opens the door back up again randy runs in and then uh stew has the gun oh it's not that point no dewey gets dewey has a gun she he comes she goes back to the house and he's stabbed in the back she takes his gun and then they appear right so she gets the gun from dewey then she locks him out of the house Billy comes down, she gives him the gun, you know, it's like, okay, and then he, they open the door, and it's just, um, Randy? Yeah. He's gone crazy. We all go a little crazy sometimes, and shoots Randy in, like, the collarbone, his right side collarbone. And he licks his shirt, he's like, you know, mm, it's, a. Uh, High fructose corn syrup, just like they use for pig's blood and carry. Oh, yeah. Randy doesn't lick his shirt. Billy does. No, Billy does. <laughs> right. And then she tries to leave, and there's Stu, and he has surprise Sydney <laughs> into the voice changer. Um, they go and corner her in the kitchen, saying, "This is the plan that you know we killed your mother a year ago because she slept with Billy's Sydney's mother slept with Billy's dad, causing his mom to leave." Um, right yeah and then matthew lillard is just like his friend yeah so he decided to go yeah. along with it right yeah that's that's right that's his that's his whole motivation and he's like you know you guys are gonna get with or we're not gonna get with it we're gonna be the survivors you know you poor sydney went crazy and killed one we survived so they like all right they're gonna stab each other to make sure they look like they got hurt they had this all planned out he you know Stu gets stabbed first pretty deep and then billy gets stabbed and he stabs do like three more times. And like, this is probably Matthew Lillard's best acting. He's like, I'm dying here, man. <laughs> it's enough. Um, so while they're arguing with each other, uh, Sydney kind of escapes. And then she um, is able to call and they answer the phone. And it's her. I would call the cops. You know, the cops are on their way. You guys are in trouble. You know, hands out, hands the, uh, Phone to Matthew Lillard's like, my mom would be so mad at my mom and dad would be so mad at me. <laughs> um, so Stu's kind of going through the house and he opens the closet door and then he gets stabbed twice with the end of an umbrella, which is a pretty damn sharp umbrella to be able to do that. Uh, I mean, it just takes a lot of force to do it. I mean, yeah. So and then he reveals it to be her and then um, so she, she kind of knocks him out uh Stu chases her after getting stabbed multiple times and profusely bleeding everywhere um he's like i had this thing for you sid and she kind of knocks him with a plant and drops the tv on his head billy wakes up attacks her and then gail happens to be there because she tried uh shooting him earlier but the safety was on she gets knocked out and she drops out the picture then she comes back shoots billy um once so uh, Randy's wounded but alive. He always goes, you know, the killer always comes back for one last scare. Billy gets up and he and then Sydney shoots him in the head. Um, police arrive and we see that 
Dewey is alive and is taken away, and then Gail kind of reports the news. End of movie. Yep. So, uh, I I know I didn't see this in theaters. I think you said you did, right? Uh, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw Scream 1 and Scream 2 in theaters. Okay. I know for um, a fact I saw Scream 2 in theaters. I'm pretty sure I saw Scream 1 in theaters, not 100%. Yeah. So, you know, my first thoughts on this is, I think by the time this Scream 2 was out, you know, this was already into horror movies. I definitely don't think I saw this when it initially came out, so I probably saw it in 97, 98, probably by the time Scream 2 came out. Um, And I didn't know, like I said, I was getting into horror, but you know, my first thought was uh, New Nightmare by Wes Craven was his storyline, his testing ground for meta horror movies. Because this movie was originally supposed to be like a parody and it ended up being its own thing. He reinvigorated the slasher genre, essentially. Um, and I thought it was pretty good. You know, it's, you know, for Wes Craven, it was, there was no supernatural element of it. There was just people. So it went back to his you know, like he did in the seventies, where it's just people doing bad stuff versus supernatural forces that he did later on in the eighties. Um, <clears throat> I agree. I mean, I think he did reinvigorate the slasher movies with Scream, even though he wasn't trying to. He ended up doing that, and I think it worked out really well. Um, do you remember your first thoughts when you saw this? Um, I mean, I was I was really into horror at this point in time. Um, I think. My falling out in horror was like a very early 2000s. Um, so right before Scream 3. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was like very early 2000s when I, when I fell out of it. Scream 1 and Scream 2, when they came out, I was like very heavy into it. I was very excited to watch these movies because I saw the, the trailers, you know, and they're talking about the rules of horror movies. And I was like, I saw right. enough horror movies to like know what the rules were. I was very, very excited and into it at the time. Um, but I watched it. And then I, at that time, I remember the movie being great. Like I, I was like, this is oh, this is fantastic. Like this is this yeah. is a great movie. Um, I thought the same thing watching too. Uh, which will change. I'll get into that later. But <laughs> I mean, but you knew Wes Craven at this point in time, so did that help yeah. knowing that it was by Wes Craven? Um, I mean, I knew who he was. I wasn't a huge fan of his. Um, I mean, you know, like I liked the stuff he did before, but I wasn't like, you know automatically thinking it was going to be good because he was a part of it, you know? Okay. Like I yeah. Said, I, I mean, was, I was at, at that time I was more into like Clive Barker, Clive Barker. If Clive Barker's name was on it, I was like, Oh, that's going to be fantastic. But <laughs> that one came out around this time by Clive Barker. I think it's Hellraiser four timeline. <laughs> Again, I, I was okay with Hellraiser. Yeah. Again, whatever. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I mean, yeah, those movies are like you know, Cronenberg. I like that. Like him. I like those are. The, I mean, those are the ones I was into at that time. Um, but yeah, I mean, Wes Craven. Again, I'm not going to say I, I did I dislike him, but you know, it wasn't I mean, a so, big selling point. I mean, so probably in, in comparison to Clive and and Cronenberg, these movies are pretty tame. Right. Not a lot of gore. Definitely no body horror. Just stabbings and shootings, basic stuff, and nothing out like crazy. I would say. No, the one thing that really does annoy me about these movies, though, is that every single attack has to be a confrontation and a fight. Yes. 
every single one. There's no such thing as like a person getting snuck up on and just stabbed and died. Like there always has to be some kind of fight back every single time. Yes. It's it's annoying. <laughs> it's like yeah. predictable to the point of like nauseating. Yeah. That's fair. Um and if you ever find a person dead and you didn't see like the big drawn out fight, that means they're still alive. Correct. Every time. We don't see the no off screen deaths occur. Right. Well, yeah, again, like in this movie, like Billy gets stabbed and then they immediately move on and he doesn't fight back at all, right? Yeah. And what happens? He's not dead. Yep. <clears throat> like that's that's how it works. Every every single time in these movies. If if the person is going to die, there's at least a fight situation. You know, where they like, you know, something gets smashed on Ghostface's head or, you know, he gets tripped or, or falls down, you know, chasing them or he punches them or whatever, whatever it is. There's always some kind of fight or interaction. There's never just like people get stabbed in the back and die. Never. Yeah, that's fair. Um, well, let's go into the highlights, though. Um, so I'm I'm not afraid to admit this. There's something and before what culture horror pointed out but on my rewatches these a couple years ago when we get first introduced to when they start getting hot heavy at the very beginning of the movie between billy and sydney is we have a slow acoustic version of don't fear the reaper playing i didn't notice that for probably 20 years <laughs> oh no yeah it's, it's always the kind of thing like i know that song like right i know the lyrics and i was like oh like after after a little bit i understood so they clearly showed that Billy was a killer by playing the song "Don't Fear the Reaper," but they did a slow that. version. I mean, I think there's a good hint. I mean, maybe it's just the song. I mean, yeah. what do horror movies of the '90s and 2000s do? They take classic songs and they do rocky, punky versions of them. Yeah, that's what they do, and that's what this was. That's fair. <laughs> so, like, again, it's like, how, what, like, what was, uh, I know what you did last summer had, what, Cinnamon Girl. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> again, it, it, they just take classic songs and they just, you know, do a, a modern band covering them and they throw it in the horror movie, whether it fits or not. Yes. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think it really. Which, uh, we got two Creed songs in Halloween H2O. <laughs> well, there was also a bunch of Creed songs in, in, was it two, two? Three. three, two and three. Yeah, no, three. Three was the one with the posters and everything. Yes, yes. Um, but no, I mean highlights. I mean, we had a lot of good and known people in this, and I think overall, for it being supposed to be a parody, I think it this was the right amount of meta just by the fact of Randy. I think Randy was kind of the highlight of this movie because he. He's like us in this movie, as far as the love of horror movies go. You know, he even talks about in number two, the Dorm the Drip Blood, which we did a review on. Yeah, well, again, so, they're just yeah, they, they're just throwing out names. It's like they're trying to get cred by just throwing out names. And they, again, he does that with a long list of movies yes. to try to show. Oh, look, I have street cred because I know the names of these movies. Yeah. Oh, uh, what are your highlights? Uh, highlights is I just like um, 
again, just seeing some of these people before they got big or at least in, in different roles they normally play. Like again, like Rose McGowan playing like the the kind of uh what kind of bubbly, sexually active friend. Yeah. Is a very out of character Rose McGowan role and it's hilarious. Uh Again, seeing Henry Winkler, this is, again, before he really made his cameo comeback. Like, this is obviously yep. before Arrested Development. This is before all of the things that, that made him. Now he's he's big again, and rightfully so. He's great. Yeah. Uh, but, like, at this time, he was still kind of, like, low-key, right? So it was well, he was still the Fonz. Right. Well, I mean, not necessarily. I mean, <laughs> maybe but he was he... in stuff, but not a lot. He was, he was like, this is, he this Henry Winkler in this movie is, like, John Travolta before Pulp Fiction. Like he was yeah. technically still there, but he was not doing anything of any substance. <laughs> yeah, I, that's fair. Um, yeah, no, it's it's just it's, I mean, again, this is Matthew Lillard before. I thought this is probably the movie that made Matthew Lillard big, right? I mean, this he did yeah. a lot of horror movies after this, but I think this was the oh, first yeah. one. Yep. Um, I mean, well, uh, Skeet Ulrich. I mean, <laughs> seeing him in anything is always amusing to me, but. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he was in Jericho. I did like Jericho. So, did you ever watch Jericho? No. The show. That's pretty good. But is I also enjoyed seeing Courtney Cox out of the friends character, like outside. Um. Of yeah. I mean, yeah. Seeing her as as a totally different character than her friends. She's character. a bitch. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> she's a confident woman that takes what she wants. You don't have to call her a bitch. That's a that's yeah. Too simplest. Too, too simplistic. Yes. I think. Uh, she, I mean, she has cut, terrible hair. She has terrible hair in this movie. Um, so does Nev <laughs> No, the second one is not bad. Second one, they uh, uh, that was that's one of the things I want to talk about. But um, Nev Campbell's hair is bad <laughs> in this movie. Those bangs are atrocious. Uh, I mean, it's, <laughs> I think it's just the style. It's just the style at that time period. It just it reminds me of high school, you know, because '96 was like my senior year. Yeah. So yeah, I just remembering the style of this, like, oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it's pretty true to it. That was about what it was. Yeah. Uh, low points for me, as we touched on this, are some of the absurdities of the damage people are taking, like the garage door. Huge low point. Um, and her falling off a roof onto a boat, and this is not like a big boat. This is like a speed boat. So you know that she landed right in the middle and it's act like she fell on a bunch of empty boxes. And right where she landed is going to be where the council is for the boat. Because you don't sit at the front of the boat. You have a big open spot and then your where you steer from is kind of in the middle. Yeah, no, I, yeah. She would have <laughs> she would have broke something or been in some extreme pain. Yes. She fell like two stories onto this boat. Yes. And then rolled off onto the driveway. And then, uh, yeah, and then, like, you know, saw the dead body, screamed, and ran. Like, yeah, yeah there was no stopping. Yeah. Th th those are my low points. Just some, there's some liberties on the amount of damage people were able to take and stuff that really should have injured them a lot. Well, again, this is, this is the start down the road of, of horror movies annoying me to the point where I had to abandon the genre but this is this, <laughs> i still was enjoying him at this point in time i'm just saying this i think is the road leading to it you think it's the catalyst i think so i think I this know. movie specifically 
is the catalyst. This movie, I'm not, it's good. I'm not saying it's a bad movie. I'm just saying this movie is, I think, what led to the late 90s, early 2000s, terrible, like, PG-13 horror movies, is I think this movie specifically. Yeah. Well, then what are your little points, then? Uh, my little points is what I was talking about before. The teletype machine. <laughs> what the hell was the point of that? It was... Again, a very specific piece of technology in a house and used on like a offhand camera angle. And that was mm-hmm. it. That was it. It was just a stupid, not even a plot point, like, but just so casually thrown in there as if everyone has a freaking teletype machine in their house. Uh, I mean, it was, it was very, very, very annoying. Um, also, just, um, I, I guess I didn't notice it at the time, I guess, because I wasn't as, as refined as I am now. But the acting is not good. It is very, very cheesy. It is very, very campy. Like, I mean, some of Billy Loomis's lines are just like horrible. I mean, the way that they're delivered, I don't think it was him intentionally doing it badly. I think it was just the way it was written. They're just stupid lines. Now, do you think it's because this was originally meant to be a parody of slashers? Therefore, that bad acting was supposed to be intentional. Uh, well, yeah, I think the writing, yeah, I think the yes. writing is bad because it was supposed to be parody is supposed to be funny. Right. Um, and they just like forgot the funny part and then left the writing the same. So like people are trying to seriously say this stuff and it's like jokey stuff. Yeah. You know, like I'm going to gut you like a fish. Like, really? That's all you can think of. <laughs> Like yeah. that's supposed to scare somebody like I would not be scared. It's like yeah. the most tired thing you can say. Yeah, those are those are very fair, very fair low points. So I think it's just they, they as you're right, they intended it to be a parody and they decided partway through that it's not and then kept everything the same for time constraints. Right. Yeah. It's like they didn't, it didn't have enough rewrites to like actually make the writing, you know, correct for like a dramatic presentation yeah all right well so no we're doing because we'll discuss later number two and three uh is we're doing number of stabs out of ten because we can get meta too right sure <laughs> oh so, um i mean i rewatch this movie probably once every two years um, so for me, number stat, this is a really, really high grading for me. So, I mean, I really love this movie. It was, the franchise is really good that I debated about getting Ghostface on my horror sleeve, but I stuck with 80s. If I didn't, Ghostface would have been on there for sure. I'm giving this nine stabs out of 10. What about you? Um... Uh, I'm definitely not going that high. I'll say, oh man, six point nine stabs out of ten. <laughs> it wouldn't take much to make me rewatch it, but it wouldn't be something I would rewatch just on my own. That's fair. It it just has a like. This is probably because it's still in my head one of the first franchises i really got into other than evil dead yeah so I, I, I get i i i hold it in high regard yeah I was, well i was i was i was in a horror <laughs> since i was a kid and i was really heavily into it in high school yeah um, and like i said this was like the heart of that this one and the second one were like in the heart of that um and then i, I fell out i think right around the time that scream 3 came out 
What year did Scream yeah. 3 come out? It was like 2000. 2000. Yeah. Yep. It was, it was, yeah, it was about right around that time. Okay. Well, Salem, why don't you go ahead and lead us through Scream 2? Uh, yeah. So Scream 2 uh, opens up where it's it's one year later, and supposedly the book was written, the movie deal was already signed, production has already gone all the way through, filming is complete, and the film has been released. All of this happened in one year. Well, it's one year real time. They said it's two years in movie time. It's uh, supposed to be two years later. Okay, uh, two years is still not enough time for all that, all of those things to happen. It's, it's way too that. fast. That does not happen. I mean, could you have a Hallmark movie out that quick? Sure, a yes. life a lifetime movie. Sure, yeah, I believe that. Like a a production like Hollywood movie. No, there's no way. Yeah. Anyway, um, so th- yeah, the movie has come out. That's based on on Gail Weathers' book about the the Woodsboro murders. Um, and it's being made into a movie called Stab. Um, and uh, we're basically introduced to to two characters. Um, the guy I know him, I don't remember his name. Um, Omar Epps. Yeah, that was, that's what I was going to say his name was, but I didn't want to be wrong. <laughs> I didn't want to be <laughs> wrong. Is, anyway, is Omar Epps. <laughs> yeah, Omar Epps, and, and his and his girlfriend is. Uh, Will Smith's wife, Jada Pinkett. Get your name, my wife's name out of your mouth. Oh, sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, well, speaking of it, yeah, the Chris Rock thing was yesterday as of, as of this <laughs> recording. I still haven't watched it yet. I heard it was good, though. Um, <laughs> anyway, we'll get there. Um, so, yeah, so they get a sneak preview ticket to go to this movie. Like, this is, like, again, sneak preview before the movie actually comes out. Um, he gets tickets. They were free. Um, they're going to see it. Uh, Jada Pinkett is complaining that she wants to go see a Sandra Bullock movie instead of this movie. Um, I don't know what Sandra Bullock movie would have been out at that time. Speed? Or is that 95? Uh, it's probably, it's probably what, nine and a half weeks. Is that what that movie? Yeah. It's probably, it's probably that. I I didn't go see Sandra Bullock movies in 1997. I mean, I didn't either. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, the only Sandra Bullock movies I think I've watched are uh, yeah, Speed and Demolition Man. And then that? Uh, I did watch the net. Yes. There you go. Yeah. So unless it was one of those, I wouldn't care, but I doubt it anyway. Um, so yeah, they get in the theater and I just have to say what a nightmare this would be. <laughs> okay. There are, they're handing out the costume of Ghostface to everyone at the door. So everyone yes. has put on this outfit and is literally, I'm not kidding you running up and down the aisles screaming, and yelling like "Die, die, die! I'm gonna stab you!" Ha ha ha! Like it's so funny, right? The ent- like just it's like a madhouse. <laughs> Everyone just running around screaming, throwing stuff. I was like, I would have just turned around and walked right out. <laughs> All I can say is, if if we get to the point where we get to go see early screens, they better not be like that. No, of course they're not <laughs> like that. A sneak preview for people who actually want to see the movie. This is a bunch of idiots that like, they like trolled frat parties to give out free tickets and said that we have to go right now when they're already drunk. That's like yeah. what this looks like. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, so they like, they're, they're sitting down um, and they, what she decides that she's going to go get popcorn, right? She or wants no? She, yeah. yeah, she wants popcorn, but she makes him go get it, right? Is that what happens? Yeah, that's what yeah. happens. So he goes to get the popcorn, and he decides to take a leak. 
uh, while they're doing it. So she's watching the movie, and the movie is essentially the the opening scene from Scream One, um, with the Casey Drew Barrymore character being played by Heather Graham. Yeah, um, who was popular at that time. I don't know what happened to her. <laughs> She's, uh, she kind of dropped off, uh, but she was very popular at this point in time. This was like probably like the the peak of her fame, anyway. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's it's her playing the the Casey character in the movie. Uh, everyone is screaming like the entire time. Anytime there's any kind of activity happening on the screen, everyone is screaming and throwing stuff and trying to stab each other, still running up and down the aisles. It's a nightmare. Anyway, so yeah, guy goes to take a leak. There's like, you know, two guys, uh, you know, take a leak at the urinal. So he has to go in one of the stalls. Um, and he goes in one of the stalls, every you know, he hears the other people leave and they hear somebody like whispering in the stall next to him. So he, <laughs> yeah, he puts his, <laughs> he puts his ear up to the stall. Cause like, they're making sexy time noises. I'm just saying, this right? is, this yeah. is a public bathroom. Why would you put your, any part of your body? Why would you touch it to That's gross. He wants to hear the sexy times. Oh, Jesus. So he puts <laughs> his ear to the stall wall. To like hear what they're doing in there and get stabbed through the wall with yes. the same brand knife <laughs> that, yep. that that they that the, they had in the in the first movie. Um, so he gets stabbed in the head, um, and he just like you know dies <laughs> on, yeah. the, on the floor of the bathroom. Um, and apparently the guy takes his coat. He had like a nice leather coat. Um, the ghost face guy takes the coat, sits down next to. Jada Pinkett. So obviously he knew who this guy was, or at least saw them come in together. Yes. Um, and then goes and sits next to her in the movie. And then like, you know, she's like, Oh, why, you know, why aren't you talking? What's going on? And then he just stabs her. Multiple um, times. Yeah. And then she's like, gets up and is like screaming and every, of course, cause everybody's running around like idiots. So nobody can understand that she's actually being stabbed. Um, so she gets stabbed a whole bunch of times and they all think it's a joke. They're like, other people are like trying to stab her as it's happening. Cause it's funny. Um, and she eventually what? does this big dramatic death scene where she falls yeah. over. Yeah. <laughs> Screams. Yeah. It yeah. Was... This big dramatic death scene in front of the, like the screen um, to where everyone gets quiet. And I really, really expected them to have a quiet moment. And then they would just clap. Uh, yep. But they didn't. They just cut away against performance. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they just cut away before that. Before that happens, I'm sure that probably did happen. Um, so anyway, so yeah, so we get two dead people that were killed at the premiere of Stab uh, by a person in the ghost face mask that have the same exact model of knife that they had in the first movie. Yeah, um, and then we're we're introduced to the college um, that Sydney is now going to with her friend Helen. Or Helly or something. What is her name? I thought it was. Haley. I think it's uh, Helen. Haley. 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 I know, was, I know it was an H. It's one of those. But it's like they say Helly or something. I thought that was short for mm. Helen. Whatever. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Her friend starts with an H. We'll call it. Ha- H. It's Hall. It's Hallie. It's Hallie. Okay. Hallie. <laughs> yeah. Her friend Hallie. Um. Yes. So yeah, they're like buddies, you know, in college. Um. And she's like having some like sorority mixer that she's trying to get Sydney to go to. Um, and I, I think Sydney kind of begrudgingly accepts. Omega beta zeta. Right. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So it's basically, um, I'm trying to think of what, who, 
Somebody else goes next, right? Jeez, I forgot already. What do you mean goes next? Dies next. Isn't there three uh, of them before? Uh, Cece's the third one. Oh, okay, right, right. Okay, yeah. So that's a- after the like, right. during the party. Yeah. yeah. So they yeah they have this party. They go to the party. Um. Well, I think there's some like school scenes where they have like you know of course these meta talks about what sequels are better. Um, and they give the right answer during this conversation, uh, which the right answer being aliens, right? Aliens, uh, better than alien. But yeah, I, they, but, I, I will, but he, what does he, he just say? There's no accounting for taste. That's it. There's no real answer given. There's no comments yeah. given. That's it. It's false. Okay. But that is the correct so, answer. So I want to know if you catch it. I'm going to, you know, so Joshua Jackson is in this because Kevin Williamson did Dawson's Creek and like Party of Five, right? He's a writer for all that crap. So, who said the Ryan line correctly? Was it Joshua Jackson's character or was it Randy? Is it get away from her, you bitch, or stay away from her, you bitch? Get away. Right. Joshua Jackson says it correctly and Randy corrects him to stay away. Well, again, Randy is not as smart as he thinks he is. Well, that is actually that is actually a blooper. They left it that way to show that he's actually not that smart. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, yeah, so, yeah, though, I mean, that was an interesting conversation. Uh, there's a lot of other answers in there, which, again, are not correct answers. The correct answer to that is alien. Um, and CC's anyway. also in this class. Yeah, CC and... is in the class, played by uh, Sarah Michelle Geller. Yes. And, uh, and Mickey. Timothy Oliphant, is... yes. Yes, is also in this class. Right. Yep. Um, yeah. So yeah. So they go to like the the this party, um, the martini party or whatever. It's like a sorority party. Um, so yeah. So when they're all at the party, the scene, the Casey scene, kind of sort of plays out again with Sarah Michelle Geller at the sorority house because she's at the sorority house by herself. She's sober sister. Right. She's the sober sister. So everyone else left. Like it's a house of like, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know how sorority. How many people you think are in a sorority house? I'd, let's let, let's go to Black Christmas style. So let's go with 10. 10? There's more than 10 in Black Christmas. There was 10 that stayed home for from from going home for Christmas. But like, total? okay, let's go. Let, let's go 25. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> like 25. And like no one else is home. Yes, it's, I mean okay, whatever, that's fine. Um, so yeah, she's sober sister. She gets a call from the voice. Uh, it's the same yep. kind of cat and mouse back and forth. She thinks it's her drunk boyfriend. Uh, and. yeah, and it's not. Um, and then we get to see where yeah, she goes out the front door because she's trying to call campus security, and it does fuzz out. So like, like this immediately, phone, right? Yeah, this cordless phone can't go that far. And I don't understand if you are afraid for your life, why wouldn't you just run? You know where yes. everyone is. Yes. You know where other people are. Why would. So she's like, oh, there's scary people inside the house. I'm going to go back in the house to try to make this phone call. Uh-huh. Just stupid. Anyway. So, yeah, she gets killed. She gets she, of course, runs upstairs. After she was throws just, a bike, yeah, at him, yeah, yeah, throws the bike at him, but it, that was like a lot of stairs. Anyway, so she goes up to like the fourth floor, I think, yeah, um, and eventually basically gets thrown off of the fourth floor and she dies. Um, she does get stabbed at, a few times first. 
Yes. And then every clear gets played. <laughs> and then every clear, yes. Um <laughs> and so then like after that murder, it's kind of like, okay, like Ghostface is back. Um so uh David Arquette comes back, Gail Weathers comes back. Um yeah, so we got Sydney, we got Gail Weathers, we got uh Dewey, Deputy Dewey, um, we got uh her friend Haley, we got Jerry O'Connell um, as your boyfriend, Jerry. Jerry O'Connell, the frat boy boyfriend. <laughs> uh, Timothy Oliphant is Mickey, the other friend film student. Yes. Who, I, I don't know, he wasn't Kaylee's boyfriend or anything. He was just around, right? He was, I, he, I, I, okay, so the wife asked this too, like, they don't seem like they'd be friends with Mickey. Right. Like, no one seems to really acknowledge him. Right. Except he, my best guess is he knows Randy from film school, and my guess is is he's Derek's roommate in the frat house. That's my best guess. At this I point. don't think Mickey was in a frat. Well, he knew the frat rules. Yeah, he knew. So a that's rule. my best. He knew guess. a frat rule. <laughs> um, yeah, I, who knows? I don't know. They don't really explain what he's doing there, but he's there, and he's one of the friends, and they all hang out and laugh and giggle. So, yes. whatever. It's like their friend group. Um, so they're all kind of like, um, you know, worried about Sydney. So they're like, you know, all kind of keeping an eye out for, her. um, she decides to try to like, you know, keep a low profile. Um, so she's like, you know, staying at home or staying in like the little security police station thing or whatever. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> because they're talking to her about everything that's happening. Um, essentially they're all trying to sort of figure out, um, you know, what's going on anyway. So the voice starts uh, calling people. Who does he? Who does he call first? Is it? Is it Randy or is it? It's one of the three. It's, 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 it's Deputy it's, Dewey, Gail Weathers, and Randy. Are okay. all? It's not. It's not Gail. Be, it's Dewey first because Gail never gets a phone call from the voice. Okay. Ever. <laughs> so it's Dewey <clears throat> gets the call, and then eventually he decides. Okay, the person calling knows us as sees us knows what we're doing so is in this like you know park, in the yeah. whatever the park campus of the college commons yeah so the, Cam- yeah commons. so they all decide that they're all going to split up and try to find people on a cell phone because you know this is 1997 people on cell phones are not very common cellular telephone it's cellular like telephones I, I, yes. I have to point out because yes. it's not until number three oh oh seven. sorry the one thing other <laughs> one other thing i wanted to call is that sydney did get another call from the voice but it was a prank call that she was able to tell it was a prank call because she had caller id my goodness which technology. was a se- which was a separate box that you had to hook up to the yep. phone line in between the yep. line and the phone yes. um i, rem- I remember and i always hated caller id because caller ID is the thing that took away my Sega channel. And I love my <laughs> Sega channel. And I hate caller ID for that very reason. Um, anyway, so yeah. So she has caller ID, which is the big technological breakthrough of like 1997. Was that the caller ID service was yes. now available to the consumer. And it cost $15 a month. Yes. <laughs> Just so you know. The same price as Sega channel. I'm not better at all <laughs> no no not at all <laughs> so so they're all you know looking around so they hand the phone randy has the, the yeah randy. they hand the phone to randy and now randy is talking to the person and this is the conversation we were talking about earlier where he starts like rambling off old horror movies <clears throat> um talking about you know like sororities and you know uh, 
murders that happened on college campuses, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, he's basically using it as an excuse to like talk about all of his horror movie knowledge. Um, I think there was also a scene right before this where him and Deputy Dewey go out for coffee and that's where he they goes to Baskin over. Robbins. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Whatever it is. <laughs> Whatever it's, it is. It, it's, the, it's, I know this because this was the trailer for the movie. That okay. was them discussing all this stuff because right. they name drop a whole bunch of stuff. Right. Yeah. They name drop a bunch of Haley, stuff. Yeah. Because is it, it, a Haley. Well, no, usually it's a white male that's a serial killer. Well, maybe she can man's daughter, you know? You know, yeah. she's bad for your teeth. <laughs> yeah. It's so, yeah, basically the entire trailer is the conversation between Deputy yes. Dewey and, and Randy in the Baskin Robbins, uh, where they're discussing they all about the it different... being a sequel. Right. Yeah. yeah. They're, so they're he's, talking he's about the rules, the rules for the sequel. sequel. Right, right. Yep. Right. And it could be anybody. Right. Which I don't think they really followed those rules. Not at all. Right? Because I mean, like, one, they said the body counter is supposed to be higher. I don't think it was. It might have been the same or maybe even less. Um, and then what the other rule is, like, the kills have to be bloodier, which they weren't. They were the same as the first one. I think there was more blood in the first one. Uh, no, I mean, there's a lot of blood later on in the movie with two attacks. Yeah, but, I mean, one of them, the person survives. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it doesn't count. No, there's, there's, there's definitely more deaths in this one. Ah, uh, whatever. I don't know about that. Not many more, but there's more. Whatever. Anyway. But yeah, every, everyone's a suspect because it could be anyone. It could even be you know, they even Randy even even said it could be Gail, it could be him, it could be Dewey, because it's a sequel. You never know. All the rules are kind of throughout the window. Right. Which is the the same thing he basically says in the, the third one. Yes. Uh, we'll get to that. Um, so anyway, so he's you know rambling off all these horror movie trivia, quizzy stuff, and eventually um, he gets pulled into the Gail Weathers TV van and murdered by Ghostface. Um, yeah. So Randy is now dead. <laughs> so and, you know, they don't. They're not very. No one's really upset by it. No, not really <laughs> at all. Not really at all. Yeah, and they're like running around trying to like, oh, we can't find anybody on the phone. Doesn't look like we caught the person. They come back. Oh no, Randy's dead. Anyway, so then right. they, they go on to like the next scene where they're all like sitting around talking, like, oh yeah, we have to like you know watch out what's going on. So like, what should we do? And then like, did she like? What tries to break up with her boyfriend because she doesn't trust that her boyfriend wouldn't attack her or something? Um, well, because it he because she he gets attacked after he goes after Ghostface because she gets kind of attacked after going to Cece's sorority house, and he gets cut in the arm and conveniently no major arteries were hit. And he, yeah, so, and, he, and he's a pre med student, so they say like that would that might have been on purpose because he's a medical student, so he knows where he could have got stabbed to show a lot of blood, but no real damage was done. And I don't blame her for being weary if Ghostface appears the last time it was her boyfriend. Yeah, I, I guess. I don't, I don't know. It, it just felt like as weird as it felt with Billy, it, it feels weird with him, too. I don't know. It's very odd. Anyway. Yeah, um, she's going to be taken to a safe house by, you know, one potential uh, Kevin Costner. Which one's Kevin Costner? Blah, blah, blah. She's essentially being escorted around by two detectives. Right. But yeah, she sends Jerry Connell away to protect him and herself. Right. Yeah, and then he like he comes back and sings her a song, 
and like gives her his Greek letters, which I guess is against against the the frat rules. I don't know. And I gotta say that the Greek letters look very much like a lady's piece of jewelry. Uh, uh, sure. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what this supposed to look like. I've never been in a frat house. <laughs> Neither have I. I. She does wear them in the third movie, so I mean, there's she that. does. Yeah, there's yes. that. I thought that was at least they kept that, you know, in there anyway. Um, so yeah, so he sings her a song and then she like, I guess, falls back in love with them and then they're okay after that. Anyway, um, so in the meantime, uh, Gail and, uh, Dewey figure out that, oh, uh, Gail's cameraman was filming the whole, you know, campus, uh, while they were out looking at everybody. So if they look at the footage, maybe they'll be able to find the person who, um, was making the calls so they like they go into like the film school and of course none of the actual like video editing rooms are open so they go into like a random classroom with a vcr um and they're just watching the video and then all of a sudden uh one of the other tvs in the room turns on and it's them like from behind and they look up and ghost face is like up in like the projection booth yep um so yeah they're running around with each other like they get separated um there's like a scene where Dewey's getting stabbed but Gail can't see him because she's in like behind the soundproof glass because they're in like a recording yeah. studio. Um so he gets stabbed and then she turns and eventually sees him getting stabbed but uh a lot. Yeah, getting stabbed <laughs> a lot. Um uh, she manages to to lock the door and and get away. Um but Dewey yeah, gets gets stabbed and they're basically assuming that he's just down. <laughs> Um, so she gets out and, and kind of uh, runs away um, and then disappears for a bit. And then I think we cut back to um, after the police find out about Dewey getting, you know, stabbed or whatever. They decide to like they're going to move her to a safe house. Right. Oh, this is before that. What do you mean? This is before that. They don't find that Dewey got stabbed. It's it's because Randy got stabbed. They're moving her to like, the oh, safe. House. OK, well, whatever. So yeah, yeah they they decided to move her to a safe house. So her and Haley get in a cop car. Uh, the two cops are driving, and they're driving to this whatever safe location that they're bringing her to. Um, so when they're they're driving, um, what I don't even remember what even happens. Anyway, they crash the car because they get sta- or no, they they pull up to a light, and then like Ghostface like stabs them through the window somehow. Yeah. Um, anyway, stabs one, the other one crashes the car. Um, and then he gets stabbed too. Ghostface gets in the car and tries driving, and then he crashes the car too. And impales. Um, yeah, and then impales the cop that was on the hood through the head. Um, so that Ghostface is knocked out in the front seat. Uh Sydney and Haley are in the back seat awake, but they're trapped. It's a cop car. They can't get out because the doors won't open in the back. Um, so the pipe that stabbed the cop in the head, like knocked out a little corner of the the mesh blocking the front and the back so they have to climb out this is like goofy long scene where she's like climbing over the ghost face person she thinks about taking the mask off and then she decides oh i'll just do it later um and then Haley has to go through the same exact long process while sydney is just standing there watching her which Uh i mean she has like a whole minute to like just take the freaking mask off yes but she does not um, so they get out. Um, yeah, there's like they're fighting back and forth, shooting back and forth. Uh, eventually, um, 
Haley? Does Haley die? Yeah, because okay. she goes like, I'm going to go back to it was. He's not there. He pops out, kills Haley. Right. Okay. And I know she runs back. And now, okay, now, right before this scene happens, um, Jerry O'Connell is like walking, you know, back to whatever, I don't know, his house. They, they don't say where he's walking, but then he gets attacked by all of his frat buddies. Yep. Um, because he gave away his Greek letters to a girl that they have to like punish him. So they like tie him up um, on this like kind of crucifixy thing, but it was part of the play that Sydney was in. I guess she's a theater going to major. Be an actress. Yeah, she's a theater major. Um, yep. So yeah, so they kind of like put him on the thing and they like, you know, paint uh, frat stuff all over him or, you know, put like beer bongs in his pants. I don't know. They get him really, really, really drunk. Yeah, they get him really, really, really drunk. So and then they, drunk. Yeah, and so then they like leave him there and they go away. Anyway. So um, now this is this is the part. Okay, well, I guess I'll get into it and in, later on. But um, so she Sydney comes back to the college campus, and the college campus has. They did say earlier, oh, there's going to be a campus lockdown tonight, so nobody go outside. Um, and she wanders back into the campus, and after this car crash, so she goes yep. straight back to the college. Um, she wanders into the campus. And then she hears the music from the play that she was supposed to star in. Yep. Uh, so she just meanders on over to uh, the theater, uh, goes in the theater, sees that no one is there, um, and instead keeps walking in and then eventually sees her boyfriend is there. Um, so she goes in there and, of course, you know, Ghostface is, you know, holding the the whole thing. Uh, you know, for her benefit. Um, and essentially now we get the big reveal that uh, Ghostface was Mickey, Timothy Oliphant all along because he was uh, found and I guess kind of like uh, encouraged to just be a killer by Billy Loomis's mother. Who, who goes by Debbie Salt, played by Lori Mack. Lori Metcalf. Right. From Roseanne. Well, yeah, Roseanne's sister in Roseanne. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, she plays like a reporter that's kind of sort of like, I guess, kind of sucking up to Gail Weathers, I guess, throughout yes. the movie. Yeah, minor character before this point. Anyway, so yeah, Billy Loomis's mother found him online and encouraged him to be a killer and then convinced him to befriend Sydney and then do this whole thing all over again, which is. This whole thing. And then there's all a lot of whole lot of back and forth because Gail ends up showing up. Um, well, be, before 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 it's uh, revealed it's Billy's mom, you know, he first he says Derek. Right. And he's like, no, 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 it's not. And then he ends up shooting Derek. Oh, well, yeah. OK. Then it's then it's Billy's mom. And then it's Billy's mom. Um, yes. So, yeah. So, yeah, Derek dies. <laughs> <laughs> but one shot just dead um so they're all like hanging out it's like a back and forth of them like threatening each other gail shows up gail gets shot uh there's like guns go back and forth and fighting um cotton cotton weary shows up cotton's yeah. been throughout this movie too every oh, once in a while well cotton yeah cotton has been promised by gail weathers that he's going to get an interview like national television interview time with sydney yeah. um and so gail weathers kind of ambushed her with cotton which yeah uh, cotton was upset because he thought it was a planned out thing and he was upset that it happened without her consent but then later on he confronts her in a library 
and it like goes is a little like, crazy. Yeah, like weirdly aggressive towards it. I don't know. I don't. I don't understand that whole thing. How can you be upset that someone like didn't plan an interview and surprise you with an interview, but then later on be like so aggressive that the police have to drag you away? I don't. It's to give like, the illusion that maybe it's him. I know. I know what they're trying. I know what they're trying to do. It's just very, very like ham handed. Like, you know what I mean? It's just yeah. people change characters depending on what you want them to be at that time. And it's, it's, it's just odd anyway. So yeah, whatever go back and forth. Um, yeah. So, uh, Mickey and, uh, Billy's mom end up dead and then, uh, we find out that Dewey survived, so it's Sydney, Gail Weathers, and Dewey that survived. Yes, and uh, and yeah, it's the end of the movie. Yep. Uh, so, what are your first thoughts? And what what's your review thoughts on this? I guess. Um, when I first saw this movie, I was very proud of myself because I predicted who the killer was. Um, not the second one because you, you can't predict Billy's mom because. Again, she yeah. was mentioned in the first movie. At the only time that she's ever mentioned is that she left because um, uh, Sydney's mom was cheating with Billy's dad. Yes. But that was it. She left. So, like, you would assume that someone that abandoned their child because their husband cheated on him wouldn't really give a shit about him dying, or at least not to the point of getting revenge. But um, so that one you can't call. That one's just out of left field. But, um, if you, if you look, whenever anything happens, like, you know, the phone calls in the, in the campus park, um, you know, any, when the, um, any of the attacks happen, any of that stuff, uh, Mickey is not there. Correct. Mickey just conveniently shows up later all the time. So it's very, very easy. So I called him as the killer back when they were running around in the campus looking for people. I knew that it was him because they showed everyone else during that time period, except for him. Um, so yeah, I was proud of myself that I figured that out. Uh, but yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's about it. (laughs) Um, I mean, it's just, there's this movie, I think stretches it a little thin. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of things that I understand they're trying to make them like, you know, meta and, and funny and campy. And I think it, this one stretches it a bit thin for me. Um, at that time, I remember liking this movie. Watching it again later on now, it's getting really old. Uh, I mean, I, I the first watch, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and we see even more people that move on to other horror movie careers, you know, because Sarah Michelle Gellar gets into I know we did last summer, she's Buffy, she's all this, Timmy Elephant, obviously, has done some horror, you know, he is, he's in, I think, one of a fantastic horror movie remakes, The Crazies from 2010. Um, Jerry O'Connell did few horror movies. They weren't good, but I like Jerry O'Connell at this time because of Sliders. Yeah, Sliders was good. You know, um, I don't know. The original, the original multiverse. <laughs> yeah. I don't know Haley from anything else. No. Um, Cotton, yeah, it, it's. I liked it. Um, I don't think I knew the. I, I don't think when I initially saw it, I was watching it closely enough. I wasn't really thinking about that stuff at that point in time. But yeah, on the rewatches, yes, you can definitely tell who's doing what killings and when. You know, people have entire YouTube channels that talk, talk about who did what killings and where they're at at this point in time and who is potentially going to be. 
you know, so on the first watch, you know, it's once you know the twist, you know, on the rewatches, you kind of look for all that stuff again, yeah. if you didn't catch it the first time. Oh, well, I mean, but, the first one, again, the first one intentionally throws you off because there's yeah. two killers. I mean, again, I mean, that's like impossible to predict two killers if you don't right. know these characters ahead of time. So, of course, it's like impossible to get. Um, the one thing I did, uh, I guess, well, yeah, well, when you finish that up, we'll go into high points. Yeah, I mean, I, I liked it because this is one of those series that rarely... You know, usually when someone survives the the first one, they die at the beginning of the second one, and that's why initially was thought going to happen because that's what franchises do. They generally move on to somebody else as the final girl. Um, I like the fact they didn't. You know that it's pretty much been Alien, this, and Evil Dead. Those are the only ones that do it. You know, so I like the fact they just kept, you know, the continuity is really stays in check. I felt like it stayed in check with Scream 2 as well. So I, I, I enjoyed the continuity that they existed. They did. They just weren't separate things with the same killer that there was always the lore was built on, I think, pretty well. Yeah, say, well, I'll, I'll just kind of roll in the high points, but kind of rolling off of what you said is yeah. it's interesting in the continuity and in, in the first movie. Um, they kind of have, you know, they talk about the whole cotton weary thing being fingered um, to, yeah. uh, to do the murder in the first movie. And they do show him on TV a couple of times, but it's very, very minor, like a very minor character. Um, yeah. And they do have Liv Schreiber playing that character in the first movie, even though he is barely in it. Yeah. And it's still him. So it's a, it's a, yep. I don't know if they planned the second movie at the same time, but I mean, Liv Schreiber is a, a pretty big actor. Um, I mean, at that time he wasn't huge, but he was big enough to where he's bigger than just a cameo, right? Yeah, which is essentially what that was. So it was, it was interesting that they kept that continuity of him playing the character in the second movie. That was that was interesting. Um, yeah. Another uh, high point I'll say that, that everybody has much better hair in this movie. <laughs> yes, they do. Um, so I don't know. They like uh, kudos to whoever the hairdresser was on this film. They like they they basically saw the nightmare that was the hair in the first movie, and they're like, <laughs> "Yeah, we got to redo this whole thing." Um, so yeah, Nev Campbell has has much much better hair. Um, yeah, Gay Weathers has much better hair. <laughs> this movie again, everybody's hair looks great in this movie. Whoever the hairdresser was did a fantastic bang up bang up job. <laughs> yeah, those are your only highlights. <laughs> Uh yeah, yeah. Those are my highlights. Okay, I mean, yes, you you are correct, and I like I said, my highlight is the continuity continuation that they really planned this out. That they really paid attention to what they already established in this world and kept at it because such a small role, as you said, for Lee Schreiber, then for him to come back and come back and scream three. Like it's rare that even when they do that, that's the same person playing the same character well again and the third one is not that that shocking because i mean he was a a a decent big character in the second movie yeah Um, it just yeah the first one it was like again it was like essentially a cameo like they they only showed him like like twice yes and i think he had like maybe one speaking line yeah and that was that was it if he said i don't even remember if he said anything but it was definitely him and the the highlight for the reveal is if you really pay attention is 
the only person that Debbie Salt interacts with is Gail Weathers because everyone else would know who she was. No, like and that's original. that's unfair because they do show her talking to a lot of other press people. Right. <laughs> but, but but nobody the, else the, would the, have the, seen her. Right. So the other people that would have known her, Randy or Sydney or Dewey, never met her entire movie. So the uh, only person that's original from the first one that had interactions with Debbie Salt, Billy's mom, was Gail Weathers, who didn't know what she looked like. Um, I mean, sure, but I mean, I don't think they would have recognized her anyway. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, you know, recognize- lost a lot of weight, chin lift, all that. And yeah, I'm saying, like, yeah, if if you look that different, you know, like how many years later, like they wouldn't remember. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's like one of your, I, mean, I don't even think I don't even know if they were friends with them. Right? Like she was dating Billy Loomis. Do you think any of them were friends with Billy before she started dating him? Yeah. Right. I mean, like Randy didn't really seem to be that good of friends with him. They seemed to like pick on him more than anything. Because like Matthew well, Lillard and Billy Loomis were friends, obviously. But like yeah. Randy just seemed to kind of like as a hanger on. He was around because he was like had a huge crush on Sydney. Oh, he's fr- he's friends though. Right. I mean, yeah, <laughs> but that's why he was around. He wasn't friends with them. So I mean, again, I no. don't know if he would have ever met Billy's mom because I mean, who knows how many years before that happened? I mean, they didn't, they don't even specify when that happened. Yeah, so it might have happened when they were eight years old. Are you going to remember what your friend's mom looks like when you're eight years old? No. All right. <laughs> so I, I don't think it would have mattered if they would have saw her or not. I mean, again, at the, her explaining why she looks different at the end would have explained all that away anyway. I mean, Which there was no. Yeah, that's great that they did that. I'm just saying that I don't think there's a reason that you need to do that. Yeah. All right. So what are your low points? then? Uh. I mean, low points is just all over the place, man. Um, you're telling me that some guy on foot would know that they're going to drive her to a safe house and somehow know the direction that safe house is in because they were not on the campus when he stopped that car. They were in the town. Okay, which is how far away? How the hell would they know what direction they were going, where they were going, and how to intercept them? Nevertheless, on foot. Yeah, that does that makes zero sense. Two, they're two cops. You're just gonna kill two cops with a knife <laughs> on the side <laughs> of the road? That's ridiculous. Again, if there was more than one person, I'll give it to you. But this is one person, one. Even if he did somehow manage to run, like you know, Usain Bolt, and get there in time, he would not have the strength and the stamina to be able to take on two cops in their car. Just saying, I mean, you know, the cops aren't necessarily the most fit people in the world, but these guys were not like schlubby cops. They were, you know, normal looking fit cops. I mean, I don't, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Anyway, two, why the hell would Sydney, after witnessing another murder, well, one, she didn't even bother taking the mask off, even though she was standing there looking at him for like an entire minute. Uh, and two, she goes back to the campus. I'm assuming there's probably a police station in the town. Right? I think so. There's got, there's got to be at least a phone in the town. There's got to be something. Um, I, I, I just don't. 
I don't understand why why she would go back to the campus again on foot without talking to anyone, without calling anyone, without attempting to get any kind of help whatsoever. She wanders back into the campus, and then not only does she wander back in, she hears music that is an obvious trap that she should definitely know is a trap and wanders on in without any preparation or, you know, reconnaissance, nothing. Just wanders in. That is ridiculous. There's no way <laughs> that any of that would happen. <laughs> the whole end of this movie, to me, just falls apart. So the whole third act. The whole third act feels <laughs> like somebody forgot to write it, and they wrote it the day before. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's all over the place. Yeah. I can see that. that, that again, that to me, that's egregious. That's, that, is a, that is a sin. <laughs> <laughs> that you cannot fix. There is no explanation for that. That's that's fair. Um. Yeah, I get that. Uh, any other little points though? <laughs> Besides the entire third act, and, and them putting through the movie, yeah, and them pushing the camp levels even higher than they were in the first movie. No, no, no problems at all. Are you saying you didn't like the deputy do? He got his own theme song in this one, and no. he played it every time he yeah, was seen, and we continue to hear that theme song throughout the series. Uh, <laughs> yeah, stupid. I mean, at least they had Red Right Hand in this movie. That's a good song. It is a great song. And they play it. Oh, that's the uh, that's the unofficial theme song of Scream. Yeah. Is Red Right Hand. Right. Hence the title of this episode. Right. No, it's, it's a good song. I mean, there's even the covers of that song are good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if they're as good as the original, but even the covers are good. That's a, just a great song. Yeah. Uh, little points for me. Yes, Jerry O'Connell scene was abysmal. Oh. God, that was such a cringy painful. scene. I, I seriously left the room to go get a drink while it was. I just let it play. <laughs> I was like, I I've I seen this before. I don't. <laughs> I don't need to. I don't need to listen to this. Um, and honestly, the the killing of Randy. I think he was. He he could have played in a bigger part in this series as a whole. Well, I think they, you know, again, because they're playing by sequel rules, um, there has to be a shock, right? There has to be a person that dies that you don't expect to die. And that was Randy. No one wanted Randy to die. No one expected Randy to die. So they killed Randy and everyone is, oh, no. So that's that's why they killed poor Randy. Anyone can die now. Yeah. I mean, they should have killed like anyone else. Dewey was originally supposed to die. Well, I'm not surprised by that. Uh, but but, so, in, but instead, well, I'm sorry. Yeah, there's a, anyway, the getting stabbed in the first one gave him nerve damage to where like his one arm barely worked and he has a really bad like limp. Yes. So he couldn't be a cop anymore. And uh, amazingly, getting stabbed again in the back fixed everything. <laughs> so in the third movie, he no longer has those problems. Correct. Although, sorry, he does limp a little bit, but his arm is totally fine. Yes. Uh, No, it's. Yeah, so this movie, I I think this is probably why you're seeing such a uh, problem with the third act. And this carries on in the Scream 3 is this 
the script was actually leaked. So part of the plot point in Scream 3 is what actually happened in Scream 2. So I think they scrambled to rewrite the third act. Uh, I mean, I guess. I mean, I guess if, if a movie like that, if the script gets leaked, yeah, it really does ruin the movie. Because if you know right. who the killer is going into it, yeah. In, yes. in, a, in a yeah in a slasher if you already know who the killer is and it's not like michael like well like michael myers right everybody knows michael myers was a killer they weren't ever trying to hide it it wasn't like somebody right. was disguised no he it's was the killer. right so if you knew michael myers was a killer going into halloween yeah it doesn't matter it's still the same movie but if it's like a whodunit like oh it's one of the friends is doing this like which one is it and you already know who it is yeah it ruins the thing. Right. so i can yeah I, I i can see that i'm just saying like yeah it feels like they wrote it like the night after a bender when they forgot to write the third act and like, Oh no, we need something fast. That's, that's what happened though. Yeah. It's I, I, I blame it fully on, on that. Well, again, if that happens, you call a halt, <laughs> right. <laughs> and you go back to the writing team and you rewrite it. I mean, you know, just do it a different way. Yeah. Uh, so how many stabs out of 10 do you, I mean, I don't, I don't hate this movie. I don't, I don't even really dislike it, but uh, it, it does, it does piss me off on several, <laughs> several different, different spaces. But again, I don't hate it. It's still, it's got some shining points. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, this is yeah, like Nev Campbell in her prime is she's great in this movie. Um, yes, acting's uh, far better in this movie. Yeah, yeah, acting is 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 better. I mean, everything is held together better again until the third act. And then it just all just falls apart. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I'll, uh, five, I'll give it five stabs out of 10, five stabs out of 10. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm giving it an eight. I think for it being a, a, a sequel to a horror movie being good, is really, really, really rare. And I think this is probably some one up there with one of the best sequels in the horror franchise. Well, I mean, that's not saying much. Uh, <laughs> I'm <know>. just saying <laughs> there are sequels that are good, and I will give you that. I'm just saying, like, uh, there's a reason that in the horror movie that's trying to be meta, talking about good sequels, they don't actually mention any horror movies. And why is that? Because <laughs> sequels in horror franchises are not good that's a Correct. rule so if there's one that's even like halfway decent yes that, that would be a fantastic miracle in the in the horror world so yeah i will give you that scream 2 is better than most horror sequels besides even the two and aliens yes well yeah again i'm not saying that but yeah i mean yeah aliens is is a horror movie but it's it's half sci-fi so and i don't think predator 2 was better than predator 1 no <laughs> by no, it was not it was not that's no that I like Predator 2, but I do not like it better than Predator 1. That's the fact. <laughs> it is an inferior sequel. Correct. So, But it's also a sequel that really doesn't have much to do with the first one. Like, there's not even really any returning characters. There was one that they cut out. <laughs> right. Like, you, I think yep. you can see her on the screen for, what, like a second? Yes. But she doesn't actually speak. They don't even, rec- they don't even say that that's her. But we know it's her. That's correct. Oh, oh, and then um, one thing I want to point out that I'm going to throw in a little prediction here that people are saying around Scream 6. Okay? 
one of the party goers at the frat party was Matthew Lillard. Was he? He yeah, he's in Scream Two. Okay. Um. Now he just there's rumors about it was just him being on set. They wanted to throw the throw it off, but there's a big rumor mill that Stu Mocker is not dead. Okay, would be back. Okay. In Scream 6. Well, here's the here's the thing. If that's <laughs> true. Why the hell would he be at the same college where multiple people that know him are present and at a party that he knows they will be at and is not even in a disguise? He had sunglasses and different hair color, all right? It doesn't matter. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah, there's there's whole things about the poster for Scream 6 because his name is different than everyone else's on the subway thing, so people think he's back. It'd be great. It'd be I mean, different. It'd be great. It would also be stupid. It would just be angry. If they're saying that the, the that party, that him being at the party is a canon thing, that's that's just ridiculous. Now, maybe like, it's not, and maybe he did survive the TV to the head. Who knows? I mean, that's possible, I guess. It's I mean, possible. like if a TV falls on you, it's not going to continually electrocute you. It's just going to break. Correct. <laughs> like TVs don't, <laughs> don't shoot out sparks after they break. They're just broken. What? No, no. I, I just know that happens a lot in movies. I'm just saying in real life, they just pop and they're dead. They just don't work anymore. Yeah. Okay. So Scream 3. Uh, Scream 3 starts off with uh, Cotton Weary. <laughs> is in his car, he's stuck in traffic, and he's apparently arguing with his agent, I guess, right? Yeah. Um, he's arguing with his agent, basically upset that he got a cameo in Stab 3. So they apparently skipped right over Stab 2, and are now in Stab 3, because this is the third movie, I guess. Well, in fairness, it is, it's been three years since Stab 1 came out, so that's enough time for it. A shitty horror movie sequel. <laughs> <Not at all. laughs> sure. There's like um, room for five of them in that three year time. Frame. Yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> yeah, th- no this this time frame I'm not as upset with as the first time frame. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so um, yeah, so he's arguing with his uh, agent that he is he had a cameo part in Stab Three, and he was upset that it wasn't bigger because he was like a part of it. Um, and, and he he's lived a, through the events, right? Because he lived through the events, so he should have a bigger part. Anyway. So apparently he has somehow turned his five minutes of fame into significant fame where he hosts like a, a show called 100% Cotton, which appears to be like a Jerry Springer, kind of like Maury Povich show. It's a controversial talk show. Yes. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like a Jerry Springer show. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah so he's like hosting that and somehow he thinks he's like, you know, kind of sort of a big movie star guy now. And he's anyway, arguing with that. Anyway, so he gets a call on the other line. Um, and he and he, you know, answers his like other cell phone. And that's what you mean by other lines. He literally has two phones in his <laughs> right. car. Yes, he has another phone that he answers. Um, and it's like some girl, like, oh hi, I'm looking for somebody. Oh, oh, you got the wrong number. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, you really sound like Cotton Weary. And he's like, oh, that's because I am. You know, there's like they they flirt back and forth. Um, so we're eventually. Uh, you know, he gets his agent off the phone so he can concentrate on flirting with this girl. Um, and eventually he finds out that uh, it's the voice, right? It changes into the voice, and then he starts threatening 
his girlfriend basically saying, where's Sydney? I know you know where Sydney is. If you don't tell me where Sydney is, I'm going to kill your girlfriend. Um, and so Cotton, instead of telling him the answer to that, just starts speeding to his girlfriend's house. In Hollywood. In Hollywood. Um, so yes. yeah, he's like stuck on the how ho- I don't know. I don't know how the highways work <laughs> there, but apparently it's close to where he was anyway. So he gets off this traffic jam that he's in and he goes to the house. Um, then we cut to the house and we see, um, his girlfriend, uh, like, a, you know, getting out of the shower, of course. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, putting on a, a, you know, negligee and walking around the house anyway um so yeah so Ghostface pops out chasing her around the house um eventually chases her into the bedroom she closes and locks the door um Ghostface can't open the door so they start stabbing through the door and then it just kind of cuts away but the Ghostface is is talking to her in Cotton's voice right technology's and, gotten so much better the voice right. changer is able to impersonate perfectly everyone's voice right yeah so yeah the the in 2000 right yeah so the ghost face <laughs> is speaking in cotton's voice you know saying oh i'm sorry i'm just messing with you you know it was a joke that went too far and she's like no <laughs> like i'm not opening I'm, she's like i'm sick of your stab games right so that, like he's clearly done something like this before if she's sick of his stab games right so i'm really confused by that part well i mean <laughs> okay <laughs> You've been in a relationship before. I mean, sick of could mean he said something about it like a week ago, and now she thinks it's a constant thing. Anyway, well, I mean, as as a as a husband, we I do say stupid shit to purposely get myself in trouble, so I can see him doing that. That's fair. Well, yeah. So yeah. Anyway, um. So yeah. So you know, but she, you know, basically, it just kind of fades out with this, like you know, what's going to happen in this situation. So Cotton. Drives his like suburban, like a hundred miles an hour down the street. Um, gets out, runs into the apartment, um, runs to the bedroom door, sees all the knife marks in the door, and then, um, you know, basically, you know, tries to open the door. It's locked, and try to get in, and then he's like, you know, asking her to open the door. Um, and he eventually breaks the door down, and she comes out swinging at him with a golf club, you know, thinking that he was the one that tried to attack her. And even though he's right. like explaining to her, like, "Hey, no, I I didn't do this. Like, you know, calm down. Tell me what happened." And she's not believing him. Um, so he he, he gets kind of like knocked on the on the ground. And as he's like trying to talk her down, Ghostface comes out of the hallway and comes up behind her and stabs her. And he tries to tell her that it's behind her, but she you know thinks that he's again messing with her or something. Um, so she doesn't look. So she gets stabbed. Um. Yeah, eventually Cotton struggles a bit, and then he gets killed as well. Yep. Um. So that's yeah. That's that's the opening. <laughs> is that uh, Cotton Weary gets killed because obviously the ghost face, whoever the new ghost face is, is looking for where Sidney Prescott is. Yes. Um, so then we cut to Sidney Prescott, who's living in like I don't know the mountains somewhere. <laughs> they don't really explain where it is, but anyway, she's in a remote location that like no one knows where it is and she's by herself and she's just, you know, hiding out has completely distanced herself and isolated herself from the world. Um, Rightfully so. Well, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> she works she, under a fake name. She works as like a, a counselor, like for like a, like a kind of like a, a woman's helpline thing. Yes. Um. So, yeah, so basically that's it. And then they, they kind of cut away and they're back in, I think Gail, 
is trying to investigate uh, the Stab 3 um, set because Cotton Weary died. Um, and because he was murdered, now there's like a story around the movie. So she goes in to try to investigate the movie, you know, with like a, a camera in a bag type thing. Um, she goes in there, she finds Dewey. And apparently they had some kind of falling out um, so that even though they were kind of, you know, they had a falling out after the first movie, they apparently had a falling out after the second movie as well. Well, she nursed him back and helped him get back to health as she stayed there a year. And then she's like, I can't take okay, this. Well, well, we don't find that out till later. Oh, yeah. I'm just saying that, again, they had a falling out after the first one, and now they have a falling out again. Because essentially, she, um, I mean, and, and that's her decision. I'm not saying that she's wrong in that. I'm not saying that this is a wrong decision. She moved her, she, she made decisions for her career instead of, yeah. because, yeah, he made it clear that he wanted to stay in Woodsboro. He wanted to be a, like a small town guy, and she is obviously like, a kind of famous reporter. She wants to go where the money is. Yeah. Yeah. So she was like trying to make a real name for herself and she had to, to do that. Right. She had to go where the jobs were. And so she left. Um, but again, I'm not saying this necessarily wrong. I'm just saying that we find out that they had a falling out and that he is now, I don't know. I don't think they were even dating. I don't even know what that relationship was. Um, but anyway, the movie has a movie version of Gale. Uh, that's played by Parker Posey. Parker Posey. Uh, yes. Like, I, I don't know, like a more annoying version of Gale, I guess. Yeah, well, anything say. Parker Posey does is the more annoying version of Gale. Right. <laughs> I don't know. She's been okay in some stuff. Uh, I mean, I do most of the things that she does, I will give that to you. But she's she's been okay in some but stuff. But yes, but Dewey is a consultant for the movie because he lived through the events. So he can right. tell the most accurate versions of it. Right, and so she plays Gale, and it kind of sort of seems like they have like a relationship, but obviously not like a real relationship. I don't know. It's like it's odd. It's a it's an odd relationship, and I don't quite know how to describe it. Because like she's like letting him live at her house, but not actually in the house. He lives in a trailer in the driveway. Correct. So like obviously not, they're not like dating, but she always wants him around. Because she doesn't feel scared when he's around. It's it's odd. Like I said, it's an odd <laughs> thing. But she also talks about like boning other guys when he's around. So it's yeah, not it's but, definitely not a sexual relationship, but it's a very like weirdly codependent relationship. But Dewey's also hung up on Gail, and this is the pseudo Gail, and she's played Gail in this being the third movie. Mm -hmm. So he kind of has that attractiveness to her because she's kind of also cutthroat and wants what's hers is hers just like gail is right and so yeah i think he's attracted to that type of power <laughs> right yeah so they they show like the um uh the girl playing uh sydney is apparently new they recast her for this movie they we never saw who played her in the first two yes we did uh, tori spelling was oh that's was, right i did I and luke wilson was billy that's right yes. i forgot about that Yes, Tori Spelling stopped, and so in the, as we discussed in the second one, the replacing of the leads in the franchise happened in the Stab universe. Right. Of the movie universe, where Tori Spelling played Sydney for the first two, and then they recast Sydney. Right. Yes. Um, well, that was another offhand joke, is that in the first movie, they made an offhand joke, and like, who would play you in the movie? And she's like, with my luck, it would be Tori Spelling. Yes. And so it was. 
<laughs> yes. In the second movie. Anyway, um, so yeah, so uh yeah, so there's like a new girl playing um Sydney. I don't think we're really introduced with anyone else. Well, we meet uh Ricky, who's the Randy substitute because they because Randy died in the stab universe as well, because he died. So we can only assume that he died in stab two. Um you have Tom who plays Dewey, who Gail did a report on earlier saying that you know the car accident he says because drunk driving that the tire blowout was fake and then jen mccarthy was going to play the heather graham slash drew barrymore in the stab three movie right yes and who's and who's the producer on this movie in stab three lance Henderson. yeah <laughs> what's his name milton lance. Yeah, Mr. Milton. milton yep but yeah it's lance Henderson. yes um, and we're also introduced to the director, who is, I don't even remember his stupid name. Ro- Roman? <laughs> Roland. Yes, yeah, Roland. Ro- I think it's Roman. Be- Roman. Yeah, you're yeah. right. It's Roman. Who's going to be 30. Right. Right. He had to do a horror movie first. Right. So. Yep, that's our... Um, cast of characters. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so really it's cool. right. Yeah. So we gotta introduce all those kind of people. Um obviously they're like trying to investigate to find out what's going on. Um they find out that at all of the murder scenes um they had left a picture. Um and then uh, I believe that the picture is identified uh by Dewey, right? As yes uh Sydney's mother. Yeah. Right. Maureen Prescott. But they're like younger pictures of Maureen like Prescott. Like like eighteen nineteen. Right, yeah, like a young girl. Um, and they said they tried looking into her past, and that time frame, she just kind of disappears. Right, yeah, there's like, yeah, there's no record of her in that time period. She lived in you know Hillsborough her whole life, except for that two year period. Um, right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, basically, um, yeah, that kind of ends there. They end up. She goes to uh, Parker Posey's house. To investigate again, it's basically just eavesdropping on them. I think just trying yeah. to find out more information about what's going on. Um, and then when they're looking at that, she's looking at some of the character stills for the movie, and she recognizes the background of the picture, and they recognize right. that she was in the same like studio lot, lot. Yep. as as Maureen Prescott was. So that apparently she was in the movie lot, and you know. They, these look like publicity stills from a movie. So they're like, okay, well, it looks like she was an actress, or, you know, for this same studio. Well, we need to go investigate further. Yep. But, yeah. Uh, but before that, because then Jenny McCarthy's character gets killed, and, you know, they're saying, and th- now they say cell phone finally in this movie. Right. That was Dr. Dreamy or Dr. Whoever um, from. Grey's Anatomy, uh, Patrick. Patrick Dempsey, yeah. Yeah, is one of the cops in this. You know, he's saying, hey, we got to get, you know, Sydney involved. She knows more about this, but we're going to shut down this production because, you know, Jenny McCarthy's found dead in the offices of Stab 3. Um, and they kind of have the wrap-up party at Parker Posey's house. No, though. Well, the the you know they ha- they have a kegger essentially because the movie was canceled. 
Right. Okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's just it's just yeah. odd that there's two different parties in the movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, and all the events happen at these two different parties. Anyway. Okay. So yeah. So they they go back to the house. Um, and it's like all the cast who are like all depressed and upset about yep. what what's going on. Anyway, and the basically they're going over the scripts and they're talking about how there was three different scripts because um, they didn't want it to get leaked, which one was the real ending. Um, well, they don't know. And they, and they figure out that the people that are getting killed are the, are the order that people get killed in the movie. Right. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, and they're like, who's next? Right. Yeah. So Jenny McCarthy died second in the movie. She died second. And of all three scripts have those two deaths first. Right. Um, but the third death is different in all three scripts. As one could potentially be Gail Weathers. Correct. Yeah. So they don't. Yeah. yeah Gail Weathers is one of them, and I I don't know who the other ones are. I'm assuming it's all those other characters. But um, so they're all yeah. worried about that, and then uh, that immediately goes out the window because the next person to die is the bodyguard, <laughs> um, who is Patrick hey, Warburton. Yeah. Yeah. Patrick <laughs> Warburton. <laughs> Yeah, uh, is Patrick Warburton. Yeah, is yes. Patrick Warburton the bodyguard who we're introduced to for like a scene um, before he gets killed? So like again, again, the the whole the, he's killing in the order of the script immediately goes out the window right after they say it. Um, so Patrick Warburton yep. gets killed. Um, they realize that you know they're getting like stalked in the house. Um, and then they at the end they're like all looking at this script because they're getting faxes. From yes. Ghostface, who's world's fastest faxes. Okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> so yeah, he's getting fax. They're getting faxed from Ghostface. He's like giving them one line at a time in each fax. He's rewriting the movie. Yeah, he's rewriting the script, and so he's saying like the next person to die is or no, the, everyone will die except for one person who I'll give mercy to, and the person I give mercy to is the person who says. I smell gas. Yes. Uh, and then an explosion happens and they all survive. Except Tom. Well, okay. Except Tom. So, yeah. So, <laughs> immediately, again, he kills out of order of the script and then doesn't even follow his own rules when he kills people yes. from the script. Anyway, so the explosion happens. Everybody gets, like, separated. Um so yeah, Dewey falls down the the hill. You know, um, he hears two gales calling for help, and he has to make a choice whether he's going for the or, the, the original gale or the new gale, uh, and he chooses the original gale. Yes. Um, so he goes to the original gale. Uh, fake gale ends up coming out of the woods, and so does um the new Sydney. Where she were comes you? Out of the woods. Yeah, he's like, oh, you came I, off from a different direction. It's like you guys just. Ex- oh my God, Tom was in the house. Right, but like you guys just <laughs> you just survived an explosion. Why are you worried about what direction she flew into? Well, because Ghostface was shot multiple times, went under the the van, who then left a photo. But yeah, I mean, yeah, he got shot and then had enough time to pull out a photo, fold it up, and put it on the ground where he landed. Well, and then said, I killed her. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, yeah, written on the back of the picture, <laughs> yeah. it says, I killed her. So now they're all like, ooh, well, I thought Billy Loomis and uh, Matthew Lillard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Stu, or whatever. Mocker. Whatever. Yeah. Um, so I, I thought that, you know, they were the killers. Oh, this is interesting. We got to look further into this. So 
Nobody really. And this gives is a when shit. Dewey calls Cindy. Well, yeah, they, when they go back to the to the police station to do interviews, yeah, he tries calling her and he can't get through, and he's leaving right. her a message, and then she shows up at the front door of the police station as he right. does that. Um, so yeah, so now she's involved, and they're all like interviewing, you know, to, to get more information, stuff like that. Um, Sydney, what does she do at this? I she I know she stays and like in the police station most of the time. Well, she wants. She wants. Okay, so yeah, she goes there. You know, the killer has my number. We have the whole thing. Like, did you have her number in your memory? And Dewey's like, huh? and then like in your cell phone memory. Oh yeah, the only people I let use the phone were uh, Detective and Gail. But fifty minutes into the movie, we finally have Sydney come out of the mountains into the plot. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Fifty minutes. Right. And then um, and then she's kind of like on the side for a while after this too <laughs> yes so um essentially what happens is that they go hey these are here she wants to learn more about my mother i don't know about this mother this happened two years before my parents met blah 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 um she's like, i want to see where these photos were taken so dewey takes her to see where all these photos were taken while gail and fake gail break into the archivist area right where they meet the not Carrie Fisher, Carrie Fisher. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how they convinced her to be in this movie. Oh, and there's also the stupid fucking cameo of Jay and Silent That's, Bob. Okay, okay, okay. So that, that you just answer your own question. I answered because my own I didn't ask a question. You don't know why how they got her. They got her because she was in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, and they were there on the set because where they are in Hollywood, she's trying to stop the movie. This is the set they're walking through. So these movies were filmed at the same time. Well, That's why Jay guessing, and Bob like have I said, a cameo. I'm, I'm guessing they're on the same lot is how they yes. got it. Yeah. This is exactly why she's there. This is exactly why Jay and Son Bob there. So Jay and Son Bob strike back and the views here universe is now officially canon in the Scream universe because of this movie. <laughs> wah, wah. Yes. Hey, it's Guy fucking Chung. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Um, yes. Yeah. So yeah, they go in there, and of course, uh, Carrie Fisher knows who her name is. What was it like, Rena Reynolds or something? Uh, was yeah. her name? And they find out that she uh, only starred in three movies, uh, and they were all produced by dun, 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 Lance Hendrickson, the same guy yeah, who Milton. produced uh, uh, the, the Stab movies. Yes, like teenage zombies from outer space or something like yeah, yeah those B grade horror right. movies. Right. Yeah, they're really, really bad ones. Um so yeah, so essentially that now their new suspect is John Milton because you know, oh, yes. he knew her before, so obviously something's gonna happening now. Yes. Um so yeah, so they essentially uh bring Sydney back to the police station. Yep. Um and then they go where do, where do they go in the meantime? I know they go somewhere. Dewey and Gail go somewhere. And then they, they go they to. Go... Or maybe, well, I don't know. It's Roman's 30th birthday. Well, yeah, I'm just saying, but they, they were going back to the police station. I don't remember where they went to where they were heading back to the police station. And then they got a phone call. Yes. From Sydney saying that she's going to this party. Correct. Oh, wait, no, they maybe were, maybe I think they were driving to... No, they went and talked to Milton, didn't they? Yeah, they, that's what yes. happened. 
Yeah, that's what happened. Yes, they went to talk to Milton. They confronted him. They're like, you know, we know, you know, Rena Reynolds. I know I worked with many actors. We never said she was an actor. And they found out that it is Roman's 30th birthday. Don't cut the cake without him. So he's going to the party. And then, yeah, so they're going to investigate and try to find more information about Rena Reynolds. And that's yeah. when they get the phone call from um, Sydney saying, hey, come to the party. Well, right? Mil- Milton know? also told uh, them what, like, what happened. Like, they, he said that he yes. threw crazy parties back then. And it was the age of, you know, like, you know, women were, you know, being used or whatever. And she knew what she was in for when she came to that party. Um, but you know, things happened at that party and then she left a lot, lot of cocaine, a lot of drugs, a lot of rapes. Right. Unfortunately. Right. They, they essentially, which is funny because this is dimension in Miramax, they essentially laid out the Harvey Weinstein scenario without it. Be- and Harvey Weinstein is part of this company at this time too. Right. So Milton was the Harvey Weinstein of <laughs> this movie, not only back then. Right. <laughs> Obviously. So he tells them what's going on. Um, or what had happened back then. And he's like, yeah, he's yeah. like, I, obviously I didn't see her after that. I have no interest in her after that. Right. So he's like, yeah, I heard when she died, he's like, I knew it was odd that I was producing movies that was, you know, started with her death kind of thing. But, you yeah. know, he denies any involvement. And then, yeah, then they're driving back to the police station and that's when they get a call from Sydney saying, that she left the police station with the detective to go to um, Roman's birthday party at right. Milton's house. Yes. And so they go, okay, well, that's kind of odd. Uh, okay. I guess we'll meet you at the party. Yep. So then they drive to the party and they oh, get yeah. there and there's like a sad <laughs> drunk Roman, uh, the Sydney, the new Sydney in the movie. Um, Ricky. Ricky is there. Uh, and I think that's it, right? I think that's like everyone and Posey. Oh, and well, of course, yeah, Parker Posey's there. Yes. Um, so that's like it. And then so they're, they're just like, okay, where's Sydney at? They're like, what are you talking about? Sydney's not here. They're like, oh, we maybe got she's not here yet. Yeah. yeah. They're like, oh, maybe she's on her way or something, um, whatever. So they're like, you know, kind of sort of hanging out. Um, and something, what happens that they all get scared? Oh, they start getting calls, right? Or they get attacked. Yeah, Roman gets. Yeah, it, it's um, they get the phone calls. Roman gets very, very, very drunk. Like, my movie on my birthday. It's ruined. Ah. Um. <laughs> so yeah, and they start being very suspicious of each other. They hear something uh, like upstairs. They all separate out to okay. investigate. Now, uh, yes, they do. <laughs> I'll get into that in a minute. Um, but yes, they, they split up immediately trying to find out what's going on. So like Roman and Parker Posey go in the basement, um, like Gail and Dewey are all in different directions. Um, I think, uh, new Sydney and Ricky <laughs> go, go together yeah. in, in one direction, um, yep. uh, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, they basically, they find Ricky. Ricky had gone into the room looking for Sydney. He saw Sydney come in this room, but he can't find her. Um, so then they bring him downstairs and then he gets attacked and killed um, throughout the second story window. Right. Yeah. And they just leave him (laughs) out in front by the pool, uh, dead. Yep. Um, and then Roman, uh, appears to be 
attacked well, he, in the he, basement. He, he, they separate in the basement, which has alien pro- movies that Lance Henderson is actually in. He has props. There's an alien xenomorph down there, a whole bunch of props. Right. Which it, it really seems like a, it is an actual guy's house because <laughs> he has all these props. And it's funny because they had xenomorphs and stuff like that were stuff that Lance was in. So I found it funny. Right. Um, so, um, yeah, so uh, yeah, we, like he shows him looking in this coffin and there's like, you know, like a fake body in there. Um, and then they, you know, Parker yeah. Posey's at the top of the stairs because she won't actually go in the basement. Um, and then later on, Gail goes looking for them. And so she goes in the basement. She opens up the same coffin and then Roman's body is laying in the coffin. With his throat slit. With his throat slit. And then Parker Posey, like, is hiding behind something else, like, right next to it. Is he dead? I hope so. Right. No oh. questions are asked, and they immediately run away. <laughs> um, right. Yeah, so then they're, then, okay, so now they're all running around, and then they all gather up uh, in the in the, the main, like, dining room again. And they go, okay, yeah, so something's going on. Let's immediately split up again. <laughs> To try to look around and find what's going on. So that's when um, they decide that they're going to call back Sydney. They're going to like star 69 the number or something. Yeah. Um, and they call back the number and the, and a phone rings in a closet. They open up the closet and there's like it's this magical voice. And the voice changer. Right. That that can mimic and anybody's Gail voice. immediately knows how to use it. Right. And she presses like, all dude, the buttons. It has all her voices. Yeah. So I don't know how she knew it had all of their voices, but yeah, she immediately knew they had all of their voices. It was a ghost face mask and, and costume and a knife in there. Yep. Um, so they're like, okay, so something bad happened. Like, you know, Sydney was not here. We were tricked into coming here. Um, and so then, yeah, Parker Posey gets killed and then they get. Yes, because she's behind like a two way mirror ish type deal and they start Dewey shoots the stuff out. She's starting to get stabbed. She's stabbed. And then, you know, they get essentially both knocked. Gail and Dewey get knocked out. Right. Um, well, yeah, new Sydney dies too. So no no one yeah. is left except for Dewey and Gail. Um, and then they get essentially captured. And yeah. Then, and then the voice calls. And then they get phone call. Yeah. Police yeah. station. Yeah. The voice calls the police station and says that I have your friends. You got to come here. Or I'm going to kill them. Um, while she's in the police station, there's uh, she finds a file on the cop's desk. Patrick Dempsey, he's, what's his name? Kincaid. Yeah. Um, she finds a file on her desk, or on his desk, about her. And it's like everything about her life and, and newspaper articles and, and pictures and reports and stuff. Uh, yeah. and they were kind of alluded earlier in the movie that um, Dewey was trying to hide that file from someone that was trying to, to get the information like before any of these killings happened. Um, so again, it's kind of implied that like, Oh, you know, now the cop is a suspect because right. she found this thing. So she goes to um, the house. Uh, mm-hmm. She sees uh, them tied up. There's like standoff. Well, uh, she gets a phone call saying, Hey, you need a, here's a metal detector run over your body. to Make sure you don't have any guns. She has a gun. Um, so she has to throw it away, you know, throw it to the side of the pool. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. And then she, like, tries to untie them, and then uh, 
I don't, I don't know. Something happens to where she stops and then she gets threatened and then she tries to tie him again and then she gets chased. Right. And they find out, you know, they, there's always rumors uh, sprinkled throughout the party. Roman's 30th birthday party was sprinkles. Like I heard Milton has some secret theater in somewhere inside the house. Right. Um, and, you know, Roman was essentially trying to find it at one point in time. Um, so yeah, she gets, you know, Kincaid shows up. Um, he seemed, you know, he seems very, very, very suspicious as well. He's just kind of there. And then she gets chased and she ends up in the theater, the hidden theater. Right. Um, and then there's her mom in the shitty movies. <laughs> being projected on the screen um you know she's locked in there gail and and uh dewey are trying to get in you hear the voices trying to find a way to get in because it's kind of essentially locked and then we get our big reveal right Gail's face comes out and dun 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 it's roman her half brother right because one of those nights of cocaine and orgies her mom got pregnant and he was an offspring and so we have a little bit potential of a retcon that he was the catalyst for all this, that he went looking for his mom before the events of his, her mom's murder. And then he convinced Billy and Stu to do the killing. Like, oh, she didn't want me, you know, well, yeah, he said, not want me. I'm your son. Right. Well, yeah, he says he went to her house to talk to her and she like, told him to go away right that was a different life right like that's a different life i don't want any part of that like yeah. go away yep um, and they're yeah they're trying to explain that that's why um she was like promiscuous or whatever was because she never got over the trauma that the the whatever kind of implied gang rape yeah. at this party was that that's why she was the way she was very implied gang rape oh yes yes <laughs> So yeah, so then they have a show off and you know, Roman shoots Sydney. She goes down after she shoots him a couple times and he like shows that she has a bullet best on, that's why he's able to take all these hits. She gets shot and he goes and like he hears Gail and Dewey trying to break in. Uh, he's trying to figure out what to do, and he looks over where he shot Sydney and she's missing. She pulled the ghost face move. Um and eventually, you know, it's like, I shot you. It's like, aha, we think they're like bulletproof vest. <laughs> right. We must uh, be related. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's right. Because you know, there's guns. That you have you, to you go to a dangerous guns. place with the bulletproof vest on. Yeah. That means you're related. With a gun. Idiots. Yes. Um, so, yeah. So then she ends up stabbing with like one of those ice picks from like the old school, like ice buckets that you'd have with like your, your bourbons and your drink cart right yep um and then you know dewey and yale eventually get in and dewey starts shooting him. he gets up because one last scare see finish says head dewey head then he shoots in the head and he's dead and then you know she it's all of them meet up for a movie at her house kincaid's okay even though he got shot he has a sling on and she leaves the gate to her driveway open the front door that she is the front door she leaves open and the gate well i mean yeah she, has, she does leave the gate open and that i understand but she leaves the front door open man like you're letting all the bugs in the house 
I know. What are you doing? Close the door. So, you know, so she proving that she is free. The trilogy is at an end. Right. That's not. <laughs> well, again, yeah. So anyway, for me, for this movie, uh, the funny part was uh, I-, I thought I had seen it before. <laughs> and then, you know, again, when we were talking about, you know, we were going to do it this week and I'm like, yeah, hey, I've seen Scream 3. And I was sitting there trying to remember it. And I was like, I don't, that's a blank. I don't remember anything. Either this movie was completely forgettable. I mean, that happens sometimes. Um, like it's what was, what was, yeah, what was that new, there's like <laughs> Jurassic World. And then that was like the second one. Remember we were talking about watching it yeah. and I was like, I don't think I've yes. seen it. I have no memory of seeing this movie. And you explained it to me and I was like, oh, I have seen it. Oh man. It was like, my mind has purged it. Like it was, it was so bad. My brain was just like, I will never need this information again. I'm purging. It. I was like, maybe Scream Three was that, right? But if I start watching it, I will know immediately if I've seen right. it before. Right? Yeah, I started watching it, and I'm like, five minutes in, I'm like, I had, nope, <laughs> I have not nope. seen this before. There is no memory of this. So I was shocked. Like for years, I thought I had seen that movie, and apparently, I haven't. So we. We've noticed this quite a bit in doing this stuff, right? Yeah. We thought we've seen. Well, again, like I thought I saw Reanimator, and I did not see Reanimator. I saw right. the other movies starring the exact same people based on the other H.P. Lovecraft story. <laughs> so, yes, same beyond. same directors, uh, same time period, same actors, different movie. Yes. Uh so that means you didn't see this in theaters. No, obviously. Uh, so this came out February 4th of 2000. So I was a couple days older than 15 and a half. <laughs> I'm trying to remember if I saw this movie because I, you know, where I live, they ID'd you. And I'm trying to remember if my buddy was working at the movie theater at the time where we were allowed to see R-rated movies. I think I saw this in theaters. I'm pretty sure I did. Um, it's, I'm pretty sure I did. Uh, but I go, okay, this is the trilogy fatigue. When I first thought, saw this. Now, this is, we can get into this. Now, this is written by someone completely different. Yeah. Still directed by Wes Craven, but written by not Kevin Wilson, the writer of the first two. And honestly, I think it shows. Uh, I mean, honestly, the cracks were showing in the second one. I mean, well, if I'm going to be truthful, the crack was showing in the first one. The second one was built on a crumbling foundation, and the third one is just like a bunch of two by fours slapped on top of a pile of rubble. <laughs> in my <laughs> mind, that's how I okay. See it. Now, so like I said, I probably saw it the first time. Tw- oh, literally, you know. 23 years of a month ago at this point of recording, right? Um, I thought it was, I thought at the time it wasn't very good because quite honestly, the acting in this was atrocious. That was my first thought. Now, this being your fresh pair of eyes 23 years after it came out, what were your first thoughts on this movie? <laughs> uh, uh, my first thoughts are going to be uh, one of my low points, and I'll just say that. Um, what the hell happened to Courtney Cox's hair? <laughs> my God, it's horrible. It was terrible in the first one. They fixed it. Looked good in the second one. It looks 
terrible in this one. They cut her bangs like they're like an inch long. Like she's like trying to have like a Betty Page cut, but it's like too short (laughs) and too raggedy looking. I mean, she ends up looking like a corpse. It's like whoever is doing her makeup, it's just like this weird corpse paleness, uh, which I'm usually a fan of, but not in this case. It is just not cool (laughs) at all. Uh, It looks terrible. It looks bad. Maybe, maybe because she was a friend to go out, she did her own hair and makeup. I don't know. I don't know. Whoever the hairstylist was in <laughs> Scream 2 did not return for Scream 3 because it is bad. It's bad news. Uh, Nev Campbell's hair is only yeah. slightly worse. It's mostly okay. But it's only slightly worse than the second. Still still uh, peak perfection in the second one. I think. Yeah. Uh, but no, I mean, watching this movie, again, it's like that meta campy bullshit gets turned up even higher in this one um and they're like very much so yeah they're like they lean hard right and it's like oh yeah like oh ha 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 look we're making fun of the movie industry and again these movies they just kind of piss me off because like unless you're like in the movie industry or like follow it closely enough to know all this bullshit exists like you're only i mean you're you're stroking yourself off you know what I mean? Like the normal person does not know, you know, like how things are made. You know what I mean? It's like nobody wants to know how hot dogs are made. Nobody wants to know how a movie gets made. They just want to watch the movie. Yeah. And like, and they're trying to make like a a meta joke about movie making. And again, a lot of movies do this. A lot of movies do this. Um, it's hard to make one behind the scenes. I've seen them some that are good, and they're usually period pieces. They're usually not like common contemporary versions of what Hollywood is. It's usually like old Hollywood or something. Right. Um, that, that do, do it well. And it, like anything that's, that does this, that, again, they fall heavy on the cameos, heavy on the, the campy comedy stuff. You know, like it's just, again, the whole thing is just bad. <laughs> it, it just hurts my feelings <laughs> watching it. And I don't, I don't like it. I was just kind of bored while it was happening. And it's like, ah, uh, like, you know, stop stroking yourself off. Just get over it. Just tell the story. I don't care about the Hollywood fucking friends you have. It's just annoying. Well, I think at this point in time, you know, they brought slashers back. We had a short revival and this was the end of slashers. This while Scream revitalized, it, I think Scream 3 killed it. Well, again, this was and, and it was before Scream 3 came out, but it was right around this time period where I was so tired of horror movies. And again, I, I I don't dislike Scream 1. I don't even really dislike Scream 2. But I think they started this path, right? They started the path. I, I think it's like uh, page one of what went wrong with horror movies in the late 90s and early 2000s is yeah. Scream. Scream isn't a bad movie. I think it just made people want to make bad movies. <laughs> they like They again go, okay, Scream did it. Like, let's do it funnier let's do it better right like we can we can do it without nudity because scream did it without nudity you know like and let's do it without swearing because i think scream can be made without swearing you know just stuff like that like all of these things they just like pushed it in this goofy direction and i think it just totally knocked horror movies off course for like a decade and i think scream well this is not being the the, yes this Scream is not the yeah. only movie that did. I'm not blaming everything on Scream. I'm just saying Scream was the big movie of that time period that I think they focused on 
And that's why they started making these bad movies moving forward. And I think Scream 2 was the next step in that. So when they were like, oh, look, we're going in the right direction. Scream 2 is going in the campier, goofier direction. We're going to keep following that line. And by the time Scream 3 comes out, like Scream 3 is just like an afterthought. There's so many bad movies that are out by this point in time that Scream 3 being bad doesn't surprise anyone. Right. I think to your to your point is you're you're correct that the formula was there and then this gave the rise to the PG thirteen horror movie craze. Right. Of the late nineties, early two thousands. Yep. Which didn't that died, that survived until Saw in two thousand five. Right. Yeah. All of a sudden that we have Eli Roth, we have James Wan, we have these people going, Okay, horror movies are crap. We need to bring this back to the glory days of the eighties with the gore factor, the torture porn, and they went in the complete opposite direction because of the the groundwork that Scream and Scream Two laid out. Other people picked on and made PG thirteen horror movies. I'm not saying there's bad PG thirteen movies. I'm saying they're generally not good. Yeah, they, again, they pull um, punches. They they're afraid to tell yes real interesting stories. They just tell recycled garbage cliche stories but they try to like put whatever is fun at the time or popular at the time in it to make it seem like it's better yes well because you know i think we saw the same thing but like you know friday the 13th was a ripoff of halloween and they went in the opposite direction though for a screen right they were the i know what you did last summers and all that stuff tried you know tried to be scream without being scream and failed at it well, yeah, because, well, I, yeah, I mean, Scream, again, uh, you know, started as a parody, but kept that meta-ness, right? You know, yeah. they, they tried to keep to the formula, but mix it up a little bit, right? Yeah. You know, mix it up enough to keep you keep you guessing. But, like, you know, they followed the formula, and they were very honest about following the formula. Um, and I think a lot of these other movies, they tried to do that, but they didn't want to be honest about it. So they tried to, like, pretend like they were smarter than that, and, and of course they were not. And then it just failed. And again, the whole genre went off the rails. Right? Like I said, it was probably about a solid decade. Uh, and yeah. then, yeah. And then when it came back, it overcorrected, <laughs> you know, yes. like, you know, we got the hostile, we got, you know, that's when like all of the, the crazy foreign movies started getting crazy. Like all the French horror movies that were like getting banned and stuff, all that stuff happened because high tension, all that, right, yeah. high tension. Was it like martyrs and uh Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, there's other ones, but yeah, there's like these crazy French movies that like the French people were like, wow, this is too far. And they usually go further than we do. Yes. And it was like, it overcorrected so hard because there was nothing good coming out of the horror genre. <laughs> it was just all this like cheesy, like kind of YA versions of horror movies. And so again, everybody was oh, overcorrecting, absolutely. you know, and it's like, and then it was like, oh, okay, let's tone it down a bit. And then it got back on track. Um, and I don't think yeah. it really got back on track until like 2010, 2012. Well, we had to get past the torture point. Right. That's what I'm saying. It overcorrected. I get it. I'm not saying it's it's bad. I'm just saying like Hostel, I watched it once. Uh, enjoyable enough. Do I want to watch it again? No. <laughs> I Are we don't. Going to? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we probably will. I'm just saying like, <laughs> is that a movie that I go, I'm going to sit down and watch Hostel? No. I watched it. I appreciate no. it. I don't know if I want to watch it again, but. Again, that's what it was. Again, it's an overcorrection. You know, you get all that yes. PG thirteen, 
It's like, again, it's like, you know, sending, <laughs> sending a young girl to Catholic school, yep. right? You're going to repress them to the point where they're going to explode as soon as they're like actually exposed to the real world. And that's yes. what happened is the, the horror genre was, was being oh, yeah. sheltered from the rest of the world for a while. And then when it finally came back into its own, it blew up. Oh yeah. Uh, so any highlights for you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> highlights. Um, ooh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if there's any highlights. Lance Anderson. Uh, I liked yeah. him. He was barely in it, but I liked him being in it. Buddy. Um, yeah, Patrick Warburton. I like Patrick Warburton. He was, he was, he was good. He was pretty funny for the two minutes he was in the movie. Yeah. Um, it was pretty good. Uh, I thought Nev Campbell did a good job. She wasn't really in it all that much. Dude. Um, I mean, the twist in this one, you can't see it coming because they're making up stuff. Yes. You know what I mean? They're like, they're making up things that are information that no one has and is not revealed in the course of the movie. Um, so again, there's no well, way I mean, you can guess. Do you, do you, okay. So, you know, Randy comes back in the VHS tape by his little sister who talked about the rules of a trilogy. Okay, that, yes, trilogy. that is on my list uh, as a low point. <laughs> so, But they always talk about that a trilogy it re, is re, it's supposed to be a return to form. That it is supposed to be a, you go back, if everything you thought you knew, you don't know. Throw out the window. It doesn't matter. They didn't return to Woodsboro. But they did. They tried to end cap this as a full trilogy. That everything's done. That guy who started this all is now dead. Right, but I mean, they already had the killers of her mom. Yes, they already had it. They admitted to it. There was no like somebody convinced me to do it. No, there's nothing. None of that. It was. This is just made up stuff. I mean, I understand that you know, like when you do it for a trilogy, yeah, you have to do made up stuff because you don't want people guessing it. You don't want people seeing it coming. I get all that. I'm just saying that this isn't a movie you could have guessed. I like movies. I mean, I very rarely ever guess the right person. I mean, I'm, I'm not I'm not good at figuring that stuff out. I just it's fun for me to try. Um, yeah. You know, like I'll have theories and I'll tell people theories. And again, they're very rarely ever correct. But I like my theories, you know, when I'm thinking about them. This movie yeah. is not one that you can have a theory yeah. about. It's like, okay, nope. again, it's it's you're being force fed these people as suspects in like one scene, and then the next scene they're exonerated. Um, and Roman is one of those people. Yeah. Uh, Roman is when when Jenny McCarthy, his character dies, she gets called into the office because Roman calls a meeting with her. Yes. Right? Uh she gets there, there's like somebody else there doing a makeup test, and then they leave. Um, and then she talks to Roman on the phone. And again, that they talk to, oh, oh, with the voice changer thing, like this is very easily done. And and Roman comes in, he's interviewed by the police. They say right there in the interview, we checked your phone. You did not make that call. Yes. Right. So he is exonerated right there. Right. Yep. At, at no point does he ever get talked about as a suspect again. I think really the next scene he shows up in is when he's drunk at the party. Like, I don't yeah. think he exists much. <laughs> from the time he's interviewed by the police after Jenny McCarthy's murder until he's drunk at that party. I don't think he exists. 
Oh, he was he was at Milton's office saying, "Hey, I'll see you at the party. Don't cut the cake though." Right, but that yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yep. So like, there's you can't predict that. And again, it's just kind of right. it's just kind of frustrating. I I like you know if it's gonna be a whodunit movie of like, oh, who is the ghost face now? I would rather it be someone that you could right. guess. You know, there's kind of sort of clues or you know, again, in two, it's like, oh, who's the guy that's not there? Right. Again, and I I right. picked it. Like I said, that's why I was very excited that I picked the right person because again, I very rarely ever do. That's like I'm, <laughs> I'm just not good at, at predicting, and I I overthink it. I was like, oh, well, this would be cool if this and this and this happened, but in reality, it's just something. It's like you know, dumb blunt object number one is why it's this person, and I I think past it too often. Yeah. Um. But yeah, but it's still fun to think about. Yeah. Uh. Highlights for me is. I mean, I think it should have been the return to Woodsboro. They tried it a little bit. I mean, the the acting from all our survivors are pretty on point. Um, and I think the why your low point exists is because they realized they screwed up by killing Randy. Well, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's you know, you want me I'll just right. go I'll just go to now. Whatever. That, that's why. Yeah, it's the role. It's the lead up to your own okay. point. <laughs> um, I was going to now. Okay, like this is how many years after the second movie, right? Three, three years. Okay, they've been dead for three years. His sister yes. has been holding onto this tape. You look at the tape; it looks like she's been wiping her ass with it. It is dirty <laughs> as hell. It is nasty. It's obviously been used a lot. Yeah. Um. Somebody knew it was there. Yep. And she just conveniently showed up to hand it to them exactly when they needed to see it. Like, how stupid. I mean, again, it's like akin to like her walking back to her campus without stopping at the police station. It's like they just conveniently have this. So like he filmed this before his death, assuming that his death is going to be in the sequel, that there's going to be a third one three years later. Like he somehow psychically yes. knows this. It's so stupid. And again, and then they waste your time having him fight with his off-screen roommate on the tape. Like, why are you wasting my time further by stretching this out more than it has to be? Like, just get this over with. And then he's talking about the stupid rules of the trilogy. And what's the rules of the trilogy? There are no rules. Thanks, Randy. <laughs> was that really you, you had to bring in this stupid tape yeah. to tell us that there are no rules? Like, what's the <laughs> what's the fucking point? Because they realized they messed up killing Randy. I know. I know they messed up. I'm just saying, like, what's the point? dude? You already messed <laughs> up. Know. He's dead. We're going to bring it back in with this stupid VHS tape from a character, her sister, that just disappears immediately afterwards. <laughs> what's the point? Why? <laughs> Just wasting my time. Yeah. Um, what's another? I mean, obviously, I already talked about Courtney Cox's hair is horrible in this movie. I mean, it is it is just bad. I don't know what they were doing. Uh, the three is they 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 are constantly constantly splitting up. Yeah. Um, I mean, in the house, they're in the house, the final house, right? Like yep. bad things are happening. People are already dying, and they keep going. Let's split up. Again, they do it like four times. So they're like, oh, people are already dying. Let's split up to search the house. Like, you've already searched the freaking house three times. Why are you doing this again? It just, <laughs> again, it's just pointless, like, stretching out suspense by being idiots. It's like watching a Scooby Doo movie. 
Like, okay, everybody, you're already all together. You're in the dining room. The front door is right there. Leave the house. Walk out the door. Call the police. What are you doing? Why are you continually to search this house when you know something bad is in here? You know, again, they yeah. have the cell phone. He tried to call the the phone. So they not only have Dewey's cell phone, they have the cell phone that he used to call them pretending to be Sydney, right? They have two yep. phones. Why aren't they, one, leaving to call the police with those phones? Two, why aren't they calling each other while they're split up? So stupid. Yeah. Just so stupid. There's, there's so many huge, huge plot holes in this movie. It's, like, insulting. Okay, so. This is... Ironically, the issue that they had with Stab 3 is the issue they had with Scream 3. They took that frustration and wrote it into the movie. Because of what happened to Scream 2, they actually had multiple scripts that existed. And I think people have been on record saying they didn't know what script. They would take stuff from one script and stuff from another script. So it was all compiled together to make it so you would never know there's multiple different endings. And I think it shows. Uh, yeah, it does. I mean, again, it's it's all over the place. It has the same disease that two does. Is that we're like they're they're leading up to a place, and when they get to that last place, it just like falls apart. There's like stuff happening all over the place. Like when Sydney and Roman are like yeah. having their confrontation. Like how many doors does Dewey and Gale have to try to break into before they find the right one? I mean, they like yeah. try to break in four different doors when you can, again, they can hear them talking the entire time. So like, they're obviously right outside. Like, how yeah. do you, how do you not, fi- I don't know. I don't get it. It's just, it's a complete waste of your time. Yeah. So I think this movie was plagued with all this crap and it shows. Yeah. They still made it. Um, Another little point. I don't know if you noticed it, but. Sydney uses the code 1228 on both her gate and her alarm system. She uses the same code. It's 1288. 1288. But she still uses the same one. <laughs> yes, she does. Regardless. I go, okay, that's dumb. It's probably her, it's probably <laughs> her birthday or something. I, I don't know, but it's still dumb. <laughs> I don't know either. Um, and I, I, I was watching that. And then this rewatch, I go, she's using the same goddamn code. This is stupid. If you're that you paranoid, you're going to use the same code. Well, if you're that paranoid, if somebody knows the code, it doesn't make a difference if this code is I the know. same. But I, I just thought it was stupid. Um, and quite honestly, the new Sydney is uh, uh, hor- she was awful in this movie. The person that played her seemed awful in this movie. Um, and like, she's been in something that was recent, and she was pretty good in. But she was well, it's, she's it's, English. It's Emily Montgomery or something like that. Yeah, uh, Mortimer, Emily Mortimer. Yeah, is her name. She's. I mean, she was in something fairly recently that was like yes. pretty famous. I can't remember what yes. it was. <laughs> but but I'm saying in this movie, she is awful. Oh, annoying. Yes, yeah, she definitely is. And Parker Posey, I really don't like her, but she was at least 
this is probably her best movie in my opinion. Huh. Uh, yeah. Emily Mortimer. I know you're looking at her up too. Uh, because I always forget who she is. I always confuse her with someone else. But she was in Relic. Right. Um, that's what. It's one of the few things I actually know her in. Is Relic. I can't remember. Um, like what movie I'm thinking of her being in. Oh, well, the real uh, girl. No, the newsroom. The newsroom is the is the show I was thinking. Of. Oh, okay. Because uh, I knew I was like it was a show, and she was like a she was like the like the straight person in the show. And I'm trying to remember what it was. It was the newsroom. The newsroom is the show. I I really okay. I really liked that show, and I liked her in it. She was awful in this movie. Well, yeah, and again, to be fair, she was barely in it. You know, yeah. she's really only in it for like to to be a possible suspect because they showed her like um in a bathroom stall with the ghost face mask and a knife. And uh, you know, and they're saying, "What well, do you have that?" And she's like, "Oh, I just took it as a souvenir." You know, again, she was like one of those like possible right. you take suspects. It or you steal it. Yeah. Right. So I'm sure in one of the scripts she was the bad guy. I'm sure. I mean, I think the other low point is this movie tried to one up its reveal. Like it always has to go big. And uh, yeah, and again, and, and that's, I think it imploded on itself trying to do that. Yeah, and I think it's it's like a victim of its own success. You know, like Scream was good. Like nobody saw that twist coming at the end, and so no. now every other iteration of Scream they have to have an oh an equally interesting twist. You know, but again, they're like bringing out ridiculous stuff. You know, like it's Billy Loomis's mom who was barely mentioned in the first movie, and the only thing she did was leave. But now she's coming back for revenge, and of course they couldn't just be her. It's some random killer she met on the internet, and somehow knew would be able to be convinced to kill people on her behalf. Okay, so what you're saying is, M. Night Shyamalan loved the twist in two and three so much that he made his own twist. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> And that that's I wish Randy was wasn't killed. I love him to be an actual character. He was an interesting character. And that we still have these three moving forward and Kincaid. Um Yeah, and yeah, this it's effectively shut down and there was talks of this what we're calling the pseudo trilogy for this is this has been in the talks well before Wes Craven died that he wanted to do like another trilogy. Now, luckily, he was able to make number four. <laughs> um, but that's the, that Scream 4 is the last Wes Craven uh, Scream movie, obviously. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> this is your first time watching it. I've watched this numerous times. How many stabs out of ten would you give this movie? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh... Uh oh jeez. I don't know. Uh I'll, okay, I'll I'll just say three point five. Three point five stabs out of ten. Three point five? Yeah, this goes down to a five for me. <laughs> yeah. I I know you haven't seen any other screams. I know we're fixing that next week for a recording. Uh and I can't obviously I can't tell you everything because you don't know at this point in time. Uh, but I can tell you right now that so far of the five I've seen, this is by far my lowest one. 
of enjoyment in the Scream franchise. Uh, well, well, I, we'll I like see. Scream 4 and 5. So. Um, I'm hopeful for 6. We'll see. We'll see. Um, the thing that gets me with Scream 6 is, you know, we know the settings, you know, New York City, and they're like, this is the first time the Scream franchise has been outside of Woodsboro. I don't know. Two, technically, people are saying it's Ohio because all the cars have Ohio license plates, <laughs> which is counterproductive because Dewey never left Woodsboro until he went to LA. The Scream 3 isn't Woodsboro. So, how can they say this is Scream 6 is the first time that they leave Woodsboro? It's not. We already had two that were outside of it. <laughs> yeah, that's what, I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like, two and three were both completely outside of it. Like, yeah. Ugh. I mean, LA is a pretty big town. Well, I mean, they had a <laughs> set of <laughs> the yeah. town in LA, but it's still, they were in LA. It was a fake version of the town. Two does not have their town at all. Correct. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't. Yeah, I don't know what they mean by that because that doesn't make any sense. I don't know either. Other than mean it's in an actual city versus the outskirts. But I'm just considering L.A. to be a big city. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> L.A. as a city didn't play a part in the third one. No, it was Hollywood, right? So, like, uh, I mean, I guess if the city plays a part in the movie, like if it matters, they're in a city. Maybe I guess I don't know. Don't know. We'll we'll know within a week. Yeah. Right, why don't you bring us out then? All right. Uh, join us next week as we continue into the Scream Metaverse, concluding with Scream Six. Well, maybe concluding with Scream Six. There may be Scream Seven, Eight, and Nine. Yeah. Uh, does this pseudo trilogy hold a candle to the original? Stay tuned for next week, and remember, we watch bad movies. So you don't have to. This has been Graveyard saying have you checked on the children? Salem saying long live the new flesh. Good night. Good night.